Hello, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up on this episode. Um, we had a guest come in, which you'll hear soon. And uh, we went over all everything, you know, like, hey, are you cool talking about anything? He said, yeah, man, we can talk about anything. And uh, we felt to, you know, talk to him about what we um, don't talk about sometimes. And one of that is just employment, uh, mentioning, you know, places of business, things like that. Just want to respect um, those people uh, that we work with. They may not want um, business out there. So I did what I could uh, to edit that out seamlessly. Sometimes I just had to put a little beep in there. So uh, uh, just be aware of that. That's our fault. We didn't uh, have that conversation in advance. So um, I went ahead and edited those out. So that's all I got for you. I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Um, it was one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had with somebody. And I think that um, translates well uh, to, to this episode. It, it's, it's, uh, it's impactful. It's going to stick with you. I said that the other, the other day uh, on my Facebook page. I, immediately after we got done recording, I hopped onto Facebook and said, you know, this is something that's going to uh, stick with you. You'll, you'll, you'll be thinking about this episode going forward. I guarantee it. But uh, anyway, please to enjoy. Try to podcast. All right. And we're on. You go ahead and explain to our so guests this what is, you're drinking here. Uh, Jefferson's um, Ocean. Okay. And what, 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 I can't remember how it's worded on the bottle. I don't know. You tell me. Um, so this is, this, I don't want to say brewed at sea because it's not a beer. I'm still getting levels over this, here, by the way. But this is, um, so uh, bourbons and whiskeys are in barrels, okay? And typically they're setting in a um, building, <laughs> uh, just aging, right? Um, but this this um, particular um, kind right here is actually instead of setting in a building, the barrels are on a ship that is at sea. So they are moving around and sloshing and they actually take on a little taste of the sea while they are, I don't want to say fermenting, that's wine. Aging. Uh, uh, aging. There you go. There we go. Hey man, could you go ahead and get up on that mic? I, I can't tell if it's picking you up uh there's also an on and off button i can't remember if i uh turned it on or not you see it just right up right up top uh, near there you go right in the middle there am i on now there I'm we go on. i can am hear I on you now. Or off now i can hear you okay cool all right a trick like a trick no. is it playing a trick on me so hang no. on a second let's I, see try it now hello oh yeah i can hear myself you got it for sure yeah, make sure there you go. mic technique. Okay, yes, I have sleep apnea, that is and that's what that's what it sounds like when I sleep without my mask. Yeah, they're assholes. Yeah, stinky boy. All right, that's working just fine. All right, everybody. So we'll we'll wait to introduce our guest until uh, till. Uh, till. Till Brian finishes that drink. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're listening to Try to Podcast, a show about an aspiring comic and an ex-con trying to start over and make good after years of fucking it up. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> now, here are your hosts, Jeremy and Brian. Woo! Oh yeah. man, that's a, man, that drink is stiff. That is that is stiff. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome everybody to uh, Jeremy and Brian try to podcast. Like I said in the intro, we're just uh, trying to, to 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 figure out a new way 
And today we're going to be talking about second chances, right? Yes, yes, right? It's, yes. We, we've done a few episodes. We've we've obviously talked about um, my story, my redemption. We've had um, a few other people uh, tell their stories. And tonight we're joined by another person that um, I think has a great story. And um, he is just, he, he he's somebody that I met when, when I was doing my time in prison. That's right. And, um, you know, he just has one of those uh, personalities and everything that you know that, that that you're drawn to, especially when you're in a dark place like that, mm-hmm. you want to surround yourself with good people. Well, if you're trying to do good things, you want to surround <laughs> yourself with good people. If you want to keep fucking up, those people are there too, and they will gladly right. accept you into their circles. Right. And and, and the the guy who's joining us today um, was into some of that when he first got to prison, but then he started to make some other choices uh, to better his life for the future. So we'll get I am into happy how we'll get into here today. when and stuff like that as well. So well, why don't yes. you introduce your buddy for me? Okay, um, today we are joined in the studio by, in studio by Daniel Ramos, a very good friend of mine. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, man, thank you for having me, bro. Happy yeah, to man. be here. Yes, I, I know I'm, we've been talking about this for a long time. So yes, it's finally, and, finally happening, man. It's pretty exciting, yeah. man. And, and and Daniel and I were one of the few um, prisoners at Lansing who could quote "Dirty Dancing" pretty That's much true. word That's for true. word. That's really? Yeah, oh, we loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, nobody, true. nobody puts Danny in a corner. That's right. <laughs> well, true to form, Brian was about forty-five minutes late this evening, so yeah. I got to uh, I got <laughs> to, to chat with. Can I call you Danny or Daniel? With uh, Daniel, Daniel, right on, right on. So I got to chat with Daniel for a little while before you got here. I feel like I feel like I might have gotten to know him a little bit better than you did when you were in prison. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, true, true. Forty-five minutes, That's four right. to five years. Okay, same, thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. So I have a lot of questions for you about Brian while he was in, while you were in prison. Oh man, I got answers. But I I feel like I feel like. How do you want to do this, Brian? We didn't have much of a chance to chat about no, the, we did not about the plot of the show, so to speak. Okay. But do you want to talk about where you're at now, and then how you got here, Quentin Tarantino style, or do we just want to start at the beginning? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, let's do go ahead and talk about now, and okay. then we'll flash back to the beginning. Yeah, because so. I think it'd be interesting, you know. Because I mean, because because first of all. Here is an ex-con walking up to my house. Right. Right? Yes. And this is not the first time an ex-con has walked up to my house. True. Uh, without Brian being here, actually, because when, when, uh, when, when Mayor Wilson was here, yeah. I believe he beat you here as well. No, no, that's no, that's not true. Are because, you sure? No, that's not true because like I told um, Mayor Wilson, I said, just like a drug dealer, you're late. <laughs> <laughs> and he okay. said, you put me on blast. But All to right. be fair, I stand corrected. Yeah. I think I was living here at the time. So I should have been, <laughs> been here. On time. <laughs> yeah. If I was late then, that's a Definitely big problem. late today. Though. Yeah. I stand, I stand Thank corrected. You. I stand corrected. Thank you. But, um, so, Oh man, I lost where I was talking. Oh, so so yeah, he he comes walking up. He's got a Lacroix in his hand, That's you know, true. and he's what were you driving, man? What was that? I was sitting out there. Uh, Lincoln MKZ. That's it. Driving Lincoln MKZ. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, he's doing all right. He's yeah. doing yeah, all yeah, right. He's doing all right. And 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 I don't know if the people have reported it stolen yet, but if they do come here, just pretend that you don't know anything <laughs> yeah, about it. Anything. I almost drove the other Lincoln, man, but gas prices are a little high. So I hear I, I hear that you have a SUV as well. Yeah, I got a Navigator Lincoln yeah. Navigator. Good well, yeah. Yeah, gas prices. Yeah, yeah. so I you. said, man, I'm gonna leave that one. Uh, leave that part house, for a man. while. For a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will Will was bragging on that. He said it's nice. Yeah, he likes it. 
Mm-hmm. So we'll get into how how you guys met, essentially. Okay. Yeah. But what are you up to these days? Why, like, because because Brian's told me the story is really interesting. I watched mm-hmm. the I watched the video, okay. um, the YouTube video the other day, uh, that, that kind of you know gave me some insight, right. a little bit of insight onto how you got in, and then the program you were in. We'll talk about that here in a little mm-hmm. bit. But I'm interested now after watching that video and talking mm-hmm. to you, like what what are you up to these days? Uh, mostly I'm up to taking care of my twin boys. Oh, yeah, that's I think right. We had a little conversation about that. Yeah, that's they'll right. be uh, eight months old next week that's right and so they keep me and their mom real busy man so i'm learning how to be a dad <laughs> that's awesome man. about it yeah yeah so. like, like, like i always said uh when it comes to workouts like okay um a murph what's what's a murph uh murph is you you run a mile then you do a hundred pull-ups and then you do 200 push-ups i'm sorry circle back to that did you say a hundred pull-ups? Yeah, wow! Oh, dude! I mean, I'm, I'm in already a row? out. I'm already <laughs> out. Okay, continue. A hundred pull-ups. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're in a row essentially. I mean, you can get off the bar, but you can't sure. move to the next exercise. <laughs> yeah. Can you do a hundred in a row? No. Okay. No, okay. No. You Murph's about pacing. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. what they, they call that workout a chipper because you got to chip away at this thing. Gotcha. Uh huh. Yeah. So you run a mile. You do a hundred pull-ups. You do two hundred push-ups. You do three hundred squats, and then you finish it off. <laughs> With another mile. Wow. Okay. And you do the whole thing with a 20-pound vest on. Oh. What's your fastest time? Uh, well, my fastest time without a vest is 27-something. 27 I don't know minutes. if I could get two miles. Just just the two-mile part. Yeah. In 27. Yeah. yeah. These days? Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. Now, no. see, Daniel's super competitive in this. I am. I and, am. And, and nothing shows up more than him getting out and saying, oh, yeah, you had a kid. I had two kids. Two deuces. <laughs> two boys at that. Yeah, two boys. Yeah. No, no women in my jeans. Yeah, it's all dudes. Except for man. my wife. Except for my wife, man. She's in there too. <laughs> and, she, and, she, and you can't win an argument with her these days. She always oh. lets me know. Men wait their whole life uh, to have a son. So, yeah, I gave you two. Sons. I, I, two I, in one she sitting. Said, I gave you two. Yeah. Like it's like it's like it's her. Oh yeah. I like it like those things come from the women. Brian, this oh, bit, my God. this bit, dude. Man, I'm telling you, what X and Y chromosome? It comes from the guy. Yeah, let's get Allie in here next week. I know. We don't this. need to get her involved right. in this. I was about to tell you, hey, man, she's going to listen to this. Yeah, it's okay. Well, then you know I adore her. That's right. Yeah. She I did do, too. Two and sons, I do, too. She did a great job. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sure. Okay. So you so so you got out. You got a family going on I got on a now. family going on, man. That's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm working. Uh, I got, Actually, you guys caught me on a big week, man. Like, when uh, they were supposed to do this last week. Yeah, sorry about that. But that's all right. And then <laughs> this week, so I, I'm like, man, I got this today. And then uh, I got Sunday, I got a symposium dinner yes yes the the, the reaching out from within yeah symposium yes. dinner because mm-hmm. uh, and that's the group that you work with right that's right i'm mo- i'm moderating uh the transitional housing panel cool which is monday uh-huh so uh monday all day we'll be there man it's a pretty big gig man they've been having it every year that they could i think last year it didn't happen because because of covid and the year before but it's a pretty big deal man we're talking about like a state senator state congressman uh, heads of department of corrections from multiple states jeez yeah like one of the headliners a while ago was like uh basically I think the equivalent of the Attorney General in Germany, like uh, okay, or the the yes. head of the Bureau of Prisons in Germany. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that, and I've watched a documentary on that guy yeah, and beast, how he's man. turned it around over there. I think I've seen really, that documentary. Yeah, I, it's really impressive. When they talk about actually rehabilitating people, exactly, yeah. not and just like, putting them in a room and then letting them out eventually to right. just be the same person right. they uh, locked up. I think his name's like, Axel something. Yes, yeah, yep, that's him. That's, that's him. like enriching people while they're there. Yeah, man, they have a crazy thought to try and better people. Right, weird. But, right. but but reaching out from within, we've talked about it before, is um, a program uh, that helps break the way of prison thinking. Uh, choose, you know, 
thinking over violence, choose right. thinking over things that have led you to the bad decisions that led you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was started by a lady by the name of Sue Ellen Freed. Yeah, that's right. And uh, she is actually uh, the local. It started Prairie here. Village. Prairie Village. Oh, really? Vill- Prairie Village. And now every Wednesday night, all across the United States, groups meet and wow. it all started at Lansing Prison. I guess that would make sense, right, right? Though I mean, Lansing is a pretty like I mean, as far as federal prisons go, like I, well, it's, I it's hear a people state. reference. Okay, it's a state. state. Excuse me. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But yes. but as far as like Leavenworth and Lansing mm-hmm. being yes. so close to each other, yes. like pop culture wise, right. people yeah. know Leavenworth because of Definitely. the prison. You hear about a lot of movies. Like and, I was uh, just watching something the other day where they were mm-hmm. referencing Leavenworth. I was just like, what well, you the th- uh, I think Le- the Leavenworth has I don't know how many jails and prisons, but. Yeah, so a ton. So right. and, yes. and Lansing's one of the oldest. I think Lansing uh they just moved from the old building to some new buildings, but the old building, I mean it was over like 120 years old, I think. Yeah. It, was, it was it was an old prison, one of the first I think uh state penitentiaries. It, it looks like the built. one from Shawshank Redemption. It looks oh, like yeah. a castle. It, it was it was originally called the Kansas uh Penitentiary. Yeah, Kansas State Penitentiary. Kansas State Penitentiary. As a matter of fact, the um the the Holcomb family murders, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that you know took those place g- out in Garden City. Well, Holcomb, technically. Yeah. Uh, so the, in cold blood. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. The two guys um, who did those murders were there and were executed right there on the yard where there's a softball field now. Right. I played oh, wow. softball where they were hung. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow, yes, interesting. Exactly. When they moved that uh, to the new building, at the time I was working for the communications department, so like we did work on all the cameras and uh, oh, all yeah. the telephones and and the uh, officers' radios and stuff like Dude, that. Dude, that's so funny. I'm so sorry. I don't want to interrupt. When you said when you said communications, like uh-huh. I just went to college. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. You're like setting up the AV for all the classes and yeah, stuff like no, that. Like, no, like, no, 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 no. Cameras. <laughs> yeah. Cameras, so, so Yo, we were, cameras cool. TV. But we got to we got to go to the old building, man, and uh, see all these pictures, man, of the old gallows, and we got to see the uh, execution room. Dude, it was like, oh man, dude, it was one of the spookiest places I ever been in my life. I bet. I bet. So, so, so see, they're they're turning that old prison now into a museum. Really? Where people are going to be allowed to tour, and how surreal for you because that's where yeah. you started your prison time. That's true. And, and where, where you first were sentenced is now going to be families walking right. through, taking pictures yeah. and everything else. Like, like, like there's going to be a gift store. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a gift shop. That's that's bizarre. Huh? Yeah, their walk will be a little different. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, for mom. sure. So so um, Daniel is now a, a laser operator. Yep, yep. I work in laser operation. Uh Cutting laser metal. punch, yeah, cutting metal at, at a shop, which are some skills that I learned while I was while I was exactly. in prison. He actually worked did for you, the company that that, that, work, that I still work for. Worked together? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that company does some good stuff, huh? Well, they do some amazing stuff, and they're doing even better stuff now. Like so, when I was working there, one of the things that me and the owners uh, talked about, I became really good friends with the uh, the owner, yes. and uh, what, one of the things we talked about was that you need to take this thing a step further in order to really prepare the guys and to meet some of the needs that they have like some of these guys have never held a real job before right some of these guys don't know how to be employees uh they don't know how to be uh i don't not necessarily supervisors but like team leads like they don't know how to how to do these things they don't know what it's like to balance a budget like they don't know what it's like to deal with real world problems right in in the workplace and so now they're giving them some skills like uh i think the guys are calling it you Every you. university, it's officially kicked off. It's officially That's kicked awesome, off, man. and it's being uh, led by another friend of ours who yes. was recently who was paroled. Just recently paroled last yes. year. I like the fact that they, that despite the fact that it was a cool program, mm-hmm. and they're doing all right. How long have they been doing? 
that oh, program uh, for over 40 years. Wow, so decades, literally. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, you 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 looked mm-hmm. at it and said, hey, this is cool. Right. But, but yes, you guys can can do even more. And they listen to you. Right. And they well, not 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 a, not, not a, immediately. Not right away. Eventually. You're right. You're not, right. Not yeah. immediately. But I think eventually, you know, you know, and that's all we can do. You know, and that's something I believe in life is that you can't make a person see things the way that you. Uh, you see them. You can't make a person change their thoughts or behaviors. Right. All you can do is plant seeds. Sure. Yep. No matter that goes from you know from religion to a conversation about how a business can be better or a program can be better to right. you know how how you you and your wife you know can communicate as within the house, kids and finances or whatever. Oh yeah. You can't make anybody do anything, but you can plant seeds. Sure. Yes. And then eventually you know you you water them or somebody else waters them or whatever happens. I happen to believe you know that God makes seeds grow. Sure. And which is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual uh-huh. thing. Idea and conversations they're spiritual yeah. oh yeah they're, they're not they're not physical you can't overpower somebody in, into thinking your way or to seeing some a good idea for what it is right but you can plant that seed which i think what, what our conversation did and then eventually you know that that was in 2000 and when did i quit that job 2018 or 19 yeah the end of 18 i quit okay he did quit. He just walked away. Right I walked before, away. Right before they before. gave out the bonuses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I walked out on my Christmas bonus, man. I walked oh, wow. out on my uh, profit sharing. Really? And uh, was it a matter of like I'm leaving uh, under protest type thing? Or? No, 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 no. Oh, it was okay. it was a matter of uh, you know I try not to do anything that my heart's not into. Like mm-hmm. I try I try to listen to my spirit. And I felt like I had a year left approximately before I was going to get out after yes. serving twenty. After- 21 at that point mm. and it was i was 21 lo- years yeah Damn. i was i was looking into my 22nd year and i and i you know my, i really felt like i don't want to spend 50 hours a week here i want to spend 50 hours a week working on the things that are most important that are going to make me successful and right so that was like my spiritual and emotional and mental well-being that was me wanting to leave a legacy for the people that i was leaving behind who had become like family to me like yeah. these these uh, groups and these people have become so important to me over these years they'd help me turn my life around yeah. and help me uh earn a second chance because i had to make the parole board like i never i didn't have an out date for 17 years holy shit so for yeah. 17 years he did not know if he was going to get out of prison that's right yeah he he went into prison in the beginning thinking that this is my life now. Right. Wow. This is where I'm going to quote unquote live. Right. And this is where I'm going to die. Right. And that's that that's when when you get there and there are those circumstances, which we'll find out later, yeah. then what's the point of following the rules? What's right. the point when you're young, you know? And then obviously we'll hear later that, you know, you start to say, Oh, well crap, well if I keep acting this way, then I'm certainly not going to get out. But mm-hmm. I, th- I, I, I think what Daniel did was very um, admirable because he had learned everything he could learn on the job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's still doing it now. But the most important product that our company can put out into the world is not the parts made from metal. They're the people 100%. that we release into the community. Right. That is just as a, more important than anything that we build because – Whenever I can tell a company that we have a guy getting out who can do this, he's certified in this, he can do that, he shows up, he has a good attitude, that's a person who's going to go out and is going to make – they're, they're going to pave the road for the people in the future. Mm-hmm. Like I tell the story often when I got my first place in Leavenworth, you know, I, I went through and I looked at it and the landlord said, well, I think you're perfect and the place is yours. As long as you're not a felon, oh my god, pats me on the back, and I said, "Well, do you have time to listen to a story?" Right. So I told him everything, and he said, "Well, you're either going to be the person 
who changes my mind about everyone in the future, or you're going to be the person that ruins it for everyone after you. And I think that's and he never of, rented to a felon again. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of an obligation that we all really carry is. if we actually care, because so often in the news we'll see that a um, a, a, a felon who was out on parole shot and killed two people today. A felon yeah. out on parole hijacked a car. But, you know, and, and that's all people see because we don't want to walk around saying, hey, I'm a felon, but I'm doing good. Look at me. Yeah. Because we shouldn't have to. We just want to be normal people. But there are people out here doing good things. You just don't hear about us because that doesn't sell newspapers. That's, right. Nothing sells newspapers anymore. What am I talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? What's a newspaper? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so, so but Daniel is using the things that he learned at the company now it's true. It's to make true. a living, 100%. which is great. And what you said is, is 100% correct, too. And, and not just with a job or with a house, but in everything. Because people that meet you, uh, you're, you represent uh, who you are, you know, who your family is, and, and, and your background, where you come from. Right. Because you give people an idea of what a person like that is because they may have never met a person like that before. Right. And when they meet you, that's going to be their only experience, mm-hmm. good or bad, until they meet another one or get a chance to meet another one. And, and hopefully, you know... Uh, the people that have made bad impressions aren't the only impressions that ever get made. That's kind of, you know, you always have to be hopeful that somebody gives somebody another chance because uh, sometimes you have to. Like sometimes you, some, and it isn't that people are bad or, or better than anybody else. It's that we're at different places in our life. You know, if Brian would have met me 15 years ago, mm. it would have been, a, I probably wouldn't even talk to him, to be yeah. honest with you. Like because my mind was in a whole different place. My, uh, ideas about who I was and what I was trying to accomplish were on different things. I can, so, all, I can only imagine though, if there's no yeah. end, if there's no end in sight. Yeah. And not everybody follows that path, but yeah. and I re- and I found out a lot of things about myself that one that I, I had some inclination to affect my surroundings. Right. Like I felt like I had an obligation to, to be more than me, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything else and I right. didn't see any other opportunities. Do you right. feel that that's because you came in at such a young age? So you kind of felt at that time that you had to be a follower because yes. of your age. And then as things, as we know now, it doesn't matter your age or your position or whatever. You can still be a leader. How old were you when you, when you got in? Uh, well, I was arrested a week before my 17th birthday. Oh. And uh, I entered Lansing uh, a couple months after my 18th birthday. So wow. I was 18 years old when I walked in there the first time. Jeez. And then, you know, they can't see me. I mean, I look young now, but I looked really young. Then. <laughs> I bet you, know? you did. I, I really look like you you're did. 20 right now. Yeah, I know. So I looked really young then, man. And, and so and what, to answer your question, Brian, I think that uh, I did feel like that because that was what was offered to me first. Yes. I think that there's a couple times in a person's life when they're open and impressionable. And believe it or not, when a person gets in trouble, especially some serious trouble, that's one of the few times. When a person is scared enough and and shaken enough by the reality of their life and what they're facing and what they're dealing with, that they're they're open yeah. to change. They're open to advice. They're open to yes. guidance. But there's not a I mean there's not a hundred percent perfect way to take advantage of that opportunity. Right. And there's not enough people who are looking to take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. And that would happen to be the case with me. You know, I there I, there wasn't nobody there to really take advantage of the opportunity that I that I was open to anything. At that point, almost, dude. I, 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 we can share that video, right? Oh, for sure. Because there was something you said in that video where you're you're in in a meeting talking to mm-hmm. uh, some of your peers, mm-hmm. and um, 
By the way, I love your glasses. Oh, thanks, bro. Like those were like stylish. Like now they're very stylish. Oh, the, I know, man. The straight bar going across they the top. Me, yeah. and I got them. That's how everyone I, remember I, I got them. Edward James almost did, from yeah, stand yeah. and deliver. <laughs> so I, I, I used to tell everybody. I used to tell everybody. I said, "Yeah, man, these are my cocaine cowboy glasses." Exactly. Yeah. Man. yeah. And, and I like liked them David they Koresh. Were, I liked them because they were different. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. I liked them because they were different, man. And I always like once I started making these changes in my life, I I thought you know I need to use my uh my appearance because i always know appearances are important yeah man get you in the door a lot of places especially like you know coming from my background you know i was in leadership mm-hmm. you know i eventually got to that point where i was in leadership and i knew that's what first started me working out you know i knew i wanted to make an impression when people saw yeah, me man. right so, uh-huh. so if i took my shirt off i wanted people to notice how i looked right and and because that was important and the same thing i thought I it's important for me <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's important for me to look different and not be scared to, to look and be different right because i want people to know i am different right and so that was important for me but i, I love them but but the the what i want to bring up was you're you're having the meeting and and you're you're telling people that you know you can get trapped talking about the past 100 and you can get trapped talking about the future 100%. that's so true and sometimes you it, it it's more detrimental to you yeah. If you're so concerned about the future now on the outside, you know, maybe that maybe it's kind of topsy turvy as mm-hmm. far as that goes. But it it that quote hit me at home. 100%. Uh, it hit home for me quite a bit because because it's all about living in the moment. That's right. That's right. And if you get so difficult and, and that goes for everybody, anybody listening to this podcast, I'm not talking about anybody like, you know, who's served time. No. It's it's important for us, too. It's so important for everybody to right. live in the moment and realize like this has meaning. It's true. Whatever this is, you know, like I, I just started a, a, a new gig where I'm going to be working like 75 hours a week. Uh huh. Right. But uh, it's three weeks on a week off. So I get, you know, a week off every month. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome right there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, not bad. You, but you would not feel sorry for him if you saw his paycheck. No, <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> but, then, but then, but you can get real in it. Like, cause I did it for three years previously. You can get in a rut of just like, I'm just working and working mm-hmm. and working and nothing like I, I, years are going by. Right. Right. You can get in that trap. Um, but I can't imagine what it's like being in prison mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I do need to live in the moment, but this moment sucks. Right. Right. It how, can. It, it can. can so. Right. So That's how, actually very insightful for you, Jeremy, because mm-hmm. most people want to think about that, but you're right. Like I, I that, and, and I think that's why he walked away from the job mm-hmm. because he knew that he had to prepare himself. Sure. I can keep working here, cranking out these parts and making I, money. Like, yeah, and I, I can do that. Yeah. And, and, and. But I need to focus on right now. I need to remember what this is like. I need to focus on the people around me. And man, the the part in the video where you talk about the, it's kind of the guilt of the people you're leaving behind. Yeah. Because you can't take them with you. Right. One of the hardest parts about visits too. Right. But you have to remember. And I remember telling myself, remember this. Right. Not like, 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 I don't want to remember it as much as I just don't want to forget. I don't want to forget what this is like. Hmm. The birthdays, the holidays, right. the everything else. But there's good times too. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. And that's the hard thing. So go ahead and, and fill us in. That's true. What Everything you said is true. But I think the most important thing for me, especially by that point, you know, in my, in my uh, sentence was that I know what the most important thing is. And the most yeah. important thing is people. Yeah. It's like Brian said, like when you pump people out, that are good people and you can play a part in that big or small, it's the most amazing accomplishment you could ever have. Sure. And so 
I wanted to spend that last year investing in people. I probably would have never made that video had I still been working. You wouldn't have had time. I wouldn't have had time. You would have been tired. I I wouldn't have been able to start that group. That group was a Friday afternoon group. Huh. And it didn't exist before I quit my job. That's right. So I quit my job in order to start this Friday afternoon groups for guys that work night shift. Because if you work night shift, you can't go to Reaching Out From Within because it's every Wednesday. Six okay. o'clock. At six you o'clock. You'll be at work. Yeah. So yeah. You, you have zero opportunity to take advantage of this amazing program. Yeah. And so I, I always wished that we had an opportunity. It was one of yeah. the things that was that was hard for me when I worked night shift. I worked night shift for years. Yeah. And so when I, I quit, and one of my objectives was to establish a Friday afternoon meeting hmm. so that nobody else who worked night shift or ever yeah. would ever have to miss the opportunity to take part in what Reaching Out From Within is and does for men and women that are incarcerated and so that's one of the things i want to do in that last year was invest in people and so the weirdest thing happened was i got kicked out of this honor dorm where all private industry people live like if you have a private industry job you live in this one special building where everybody goes to work and everybody gets a paycheck and everybody (laughs) has money like those things are not issues in that dorm there was air conditioning in the air conditioning heated in the porch oh yeah that's a little bit of a carrot on a stick for other people too though right well it is like that's that's what they use it for so and that was where i was living for three years and so when i quit my job i hadn't had i hadn't been in trouble bro there's a consequence of quitting your job. So think about exactly this. Right. So I he had, had knew he knew that this was going to be I an knew. issue. Oh, so man. I hadn't been in trouble in nine years. Nothing. Yeah. And they wrote me up. Yes. They. I went from level three to level one. Did you just get written up just for quitting the job. For, for quitting, quitting the, the job. job. Wow. So that's one of the downfalls and one of the things in my in my opinion that's uh it's it's really an injustice. Yeah. I that, agree that people cannot make a change in their life without. A real consequence. Yes. I mean, if they're trying to prepare you for life outside of prison, you can. I tried. You to give can them, quit a job. I tried to give them my two weeks. You tried. I to said give I'll two give weeks? you my two weeks. Yeah, and I'll, I'll train somebody up. I'll give you longer than two weeks if you need it. Right. And to to you know uh, credit, they did everything they could for me. So I talked to the owners and I explained my situation and they tried to talk me out of it. But I really genuinely think that they thought it was in my best interest to stay. Right. They thought. I believe that too. You're passing a year of wages. Yeah. You're going to give up your, I don't know, whatever it was, six, $700 Christmas bonus. Right. You're going to lose your. That uh, was around a $23,000 decision for him. It really was. Right. Plus, because I had accumulated over $4,000 in a bank account Yeah. that I would have got once I It's graduated. a special bonus program they had set aside yeah. to where it accumulates. And if you finish the program successfully, they write you, a you check. get it as a bonus when gotcha. you get out. So I, I gave up thousands and thousands of dollars to make this decision. But so what happened was I got kicked out of this dorm, which is a negative consequence. Yeah. But it ended up being a beautiful consequence because I moved to... The dorm were all the fresh people, all the troublemakers, all the the riffraff people in and out of trouble, people on ninety day parole violations. That's that's, that's leadership uh, uh, boot camp for you. So 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 yes, really, it's kind of like what Jesus did. Honestly, (laughs) you went to where the people who needed the help were, and you did your thing. And in my mind, and and I wouldn't suggest this for everybody. Like that's why you have to know yourself, and you have to trust yourself, and And you have everybody built like you, bro. Right, right. and I'm not, and I'm not built like different other people. Right, and so I'm funny, Bill, as they say in the joint. <laughs> they call you funny built? No, but no, but that's just what they that's how they oh, describe they, they some called people. You. That's I think you know, Bug G called me funny built, but he oh, called yeah. everybody. He called everybody funny I mean, built. I mean I <laughs> mean Bug G could eat seven honey buns a day and have a statue. 19, 19 abs. 
Hang he clean, hang, hang clean, clean two sixty five. Like, with, with, oh with, my god! With one hand, no blood. <laughs> <laughs> like an old timey bodybuilder. Oh, he was oh my a god, beast, crazy. <laughs> he was like, a beast. Oh, sorry, continue. That's crazy. So it moved me to this pod where like all these people were, and uh, it ended up being a great thing. And like I said, it, because of who I was and my background, like I was, I was not uncomfortable there. I mean, mm-hmm. I had been, I've been in prison my whole life. I've been in every type of pod, every type of situation you can right. think of. And so I wasn't uncomfortable there. And so I made the adjustments I had to make, but it gave me an opportunity to interact with people who weren't focused on the future because they didn't have a job. They didn't have, they weren't close to release, you know, all these different things. And one of them, you know, this, like if nothing else came out of this. God, you were the old timer in there. You're right. And if nothing else. Yeah, but looks like a new timer. There's a lot of old timers there. Yeah. Not every person who's been there 20 years winds up taking the path I took. A lot of people who've been there 20 years are still running around smoking deuce and, and, and beating people up and, and uh, committing crime, like doing all kinds of different things. Right. But if nothing else happened, like like I met this dude named uh, Lee, right? And he's like a young dude, uh, moves in the bunk above me, and he's on. He's a drug addict, man. He like I think he was like 118 pounds when he hit the county jail, yeah. and uh, he was just strung out, man. Uh, his right, his girlfriend, uh, his son's mother. She was on drugs, and his son was like in this living in this environment that you know scares everybody who thinks about it for 10 minutes. And I met him. And I start, and I got an opportunity to talk to him and uh, invite him to some groups and invite him to start working out with me and all these different things. And what I found out, man, was that this dude was ready to change his life. Hmm. Like he was really 100% ready to change his life. And he was there on a quick dip. Oh, yeah? Which is what they call, if you're on corrections, mm-hmm. they'll send you to prison for 60, 90 days. Give you a KDOC number. And Is it just to set you straight for just a little no, bit? No, it's to give you an opportunity to see... That if you mess up one more time, you're going to have to do your entire career. He had five years okay. hanging over his head. Okay. So if he messes up again, he's coming to prison for five years. Damn. So he did six weeks. Man, in that six weeks, man, that dude got sober. Nice. That dude uh, went from doing no pull-ups and running one lap to doing, you know, 10 pull-ups a set and, and running uh, 10 miles. Got some P90X in there. Six he did. weeks, yeah? He did. In six <laughs> weeks, man. Wow. In six weeks. And wow. not only that, he started going to reaching out from within. You know, he started doing all kinds of things. Got a job, maintained it. Cool. And got out. Be a little before me, like six, seven months before me. And when I got out, man, he had a job. You know, he was working. He was seeing his son. He was paying child support. And now he has, I mean, this is what, like two and a half years later over that. I think about two and a half years from him getting out. He's off parole, off paper. Nice. He's got primary custody of his son. Wow. Uh, he's got a girlfriend who they live together. Yeah. They just had a daughter. She's like eight months old. Yeah. Uh, he's been sober for since the weekend I met him. Wow. He's been That's sober. Great. He's got all kinds of chips, man, from being sober. Uh, and, wow. and, and, I mean, AA, all that all stuff. All that, man. Yeah. He's, he's working a job. Like He's been having the same job since he's got gotten out. He's gotten gotten all his credit card debt and stuff paid up. Like this dude, in six weeks. Yeah. And I if but if I don't quit, no guy can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Sure. Guy can send somebody else to meet him. Sure. But the fact that I had an opportunity to meet him. Yeah. In in my mind was worth whatever thousands of dollars. Right. That I missed out it, on. It's it's why you left the job. A hundred percent. If he's the only person. If he was the only person. If that's, that's the why only you left thing, the job. And he's my friend yeah. to this day. And me and him are going to have lunch with Sue Ellen on April 2nd. That's amazing. Sweet. We're going to take our new babies over there. And, and Sue awesome. Ellen, and the Sue founder Ellen is, of this hard, is yeah. hard to get time oh, with. Oh, yeah, because uh, she is booked. She's international, bro. So, <laughs> so, I, so, so I remember when Daniel first came to the minimum. I didn't know who he was. Right. But all the people who have been doing time for a long time said, puppets here. Right. Puppets here. Puppet? That's what they called Puppet. me back then. 
Um, was that because you were taking people and just like turning them into? No, 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 no. There, okay. there are prison movies that you're not aware of, right? <laughs> and uh, primarily <laughs> Mexican prison movies. And um, we'll talk about Daniel's associations with certain groups, I guess, later yeah. on. Um, I don't know how deep we want to go, but. Um, for that guy, Lee, because you had a, for people who just met you or known you for a long time, he obviously saw the way people respected you. And when you have a person who genuinely, genuinely is showing you, it, it, not, not trying to hustle you, not trying to extort you, not trying to scam you, trying to make you better, then that, that just was even more, you know, inspiration for him to be like, well, man, maybe I should listen to this guy. Right. So for you to show that kind of, a, of attention, because there's there's people waiting to show you attention right away. Well, his best friend. His best friend was there, like, from when they were kids. Yeah. Oh, man. And his best friend, the first thing he did was give him a sack of deuce. Man. Because, terrible. That's so K2. Sack, sack of deuce. That's K2. Oh, man. K2. Right. right. And, so, and so the thing is, and this is something I try to tell people over and over again. This guy didn't mean him harm. Like this guy didn't want him to stay in jail forever. This None. guy this guy didn't want him to not be a part of his son's life. Yeah. If you if the only thing you have in your cupboards is rice, guess what you're gonna feed people? Yeah. Rice. Yeah. Even if they need beans, even if they need right. meat, even if they need some orange juice, even if they need some electrolytes, whatever it yeah. is they need, all you got's rice. Uh, and you love of, them. Oh yeah. You wanna help them. Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna feed them the only thing you have. Right. And the only thing he had was to try to make him feel like a part of something to try to ease his mind to yeah. try to calm him down you can smoke right. it you can sell it you can do whatever you want to do with it right. but this will help you get on your feet right and i love you and i want to help he was doing yeah. what he could to help he him out he was doing what he could to help him out and, and he I knew the saying, old version of him he knew the old version of him and and that lee definitely wanted some drugs so he, to be fair it was the current version of him right yeah right? it was the sure. current version I mean, and true. he smoked it yeah and he smoked it and yeah. he got high Mm. And I came home from the yard or from somewhere else, and he was sitting in the chair. Oh no! And you can always up. tell. Here comes Dad. You can tell. Here comes Puppet. Oh well, yeah! At that time I did. <laughs> he got him. We're talking about the first day I met him. Though. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, first day. <laughs> <laughs> first day I meet him. So I walk in, and his friends there, and I know his friend too, and his friends affiliated, and uh-huh. his friends Mexican, like his friends, yes. like uh, affiliated he's, means you're in a gang, Jeremy. I, right. so, so, I knew that. So hey, throughout this process, right. Jeremy will be doing some things. That's a segment called Dumb White Guy. Question. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. So okay, remember there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. That's me. <laughs> I will be asking stupid questions, but to be fair, I'm going to be the audience. That's right. Sometimes I know the answer, mm-hmm. but I will be asking dumb that's questions. That's his way of saying I'm doing it on purpose, yeah. but I'm not. <laughs> that's funny. I knew what it meant, guys. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, so here's this guy though, right? And and he this is what Lee tells me later. He said, the reason I listen to you, man, and the reason, you know, I decided to try to change was because of the conversation I had with his friend that day when I, I came home and they were standing in my cube. And I said, hey, man, uh, this is your friend, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, uh, do you know what's going on with your friend? Like, you know how he feels about being here, about where his life's at? And he's like, you know, something to the to the essence of it sucks, you know, like nobody wants to be here. And I said, yeah, but like he, he wants to change. Like he wants to do something different. Yeah. And. I know you're trying to help him, but you're not. <laughs> All you're really doing is making it harder for him to be who he wants to be and to do the things that he wants to do. Yeah. So it's not helpful. I know you want to help him, but this isn't helpful to him. And he said, you standing up to him like that with truth made me feel like I could stand up for myself yeah. with truth. And he started doing that. And, and I think that sometimes it takes that type of act of courage or that act of truth telling yeah for somebody to realize oh it's okay 
I can be honest. Right, right. I can go against the grain. That's one thing I really admire about Daniel because he's obviously now a pacifist. You know, you'd right. rather sold things with your words, but mm-hmm. yet you will speak the uh, speak your mind. When me, I had that prison mentality, like I'm not going to say anything. If this person wants to mess up, they can mess up. I'm right. just going to keep my head straight. And I wish, you know, in some points I would have said something. You know what I mean? But I, I was just kind of like, nah, if they want to mess up, they can mess up. But the fact that you did that mm-hmm. speaks volumes. You hadn't worked up the goodwill, I imagine. Hundred percent. Like that's hundred right? percent. Like you worked your way through the system right. for decades, right? To get to that point, right? True. Right. So, True. so the the whole what's what's been coming to my mind this entire time is an agent of good, right? So, like having somebody in a position of power like yourself, mm-hmm. who had been in prison for a long time, affiliated at one point, right? Oh you yeah, were? for okay. a long point, right? And and then you know, <laughs> wow, Jeremy, way to read between the lines on that one. <laughs> and then and then changing, right? Becoming a good person, having the respect amongst the entire prison, because I imagine like okay, you think of prison movies where the badass is coming through and everybody's mm. scared of them. Oh mm-hmm. God, right, Jeremy? But, but you're talking about Shawshank. Watch Blood In, Blood Out in America. Blood In, Blood Out is the one I was thinking of, too. Okay, we'll see. Because I've seen Blood In, Blood Out. You have? I've seen Blood In, Blood Out. Props to you. Continue right. your thought there. I thought you were talking about, like, Shawshank. No, no, but 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 to you be the inverse right. of here's a good guy coming in. Mm-hmm. And everybody has those feelings about a good guy mm-hmm. coming in. This guy, no, hey, we're we're in good hands now. Right. Puppets True. here. Puppets True. here. But see, but see, but see here's right? the thing. At one <clears> point, I approached Daniel. And I said, hey, would you prefer that I call you Daniel or would you prefer that I call you Puppet? Because as far as I'm concerned, Puppet's dead, right? Right. Yeah. And he said, I would prefer Daniel. Right. Awesome. Yeah. At one point, uh, I had to decide to start using my my name, which was a weird thing, man. I bet you that was a process. Well, it was a weird thing because I hadn't used my real name in, I mean, over 20, like probably close to 20 years. Shit. And so it sounded weird. Yeah. People calling me my own name. Nah, nah, not really. Puppet sounds weird. Yeah, it does. It sounds weird today. No, 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 but, sounds, yeah, but you've always been Daniel to me. Yeah, right. Know? Exactly right. And so, but and so to my own ear, even, and yeah. that's and that's like the the depth of which, you know, I was changing. Was even though, and what I learned is, and I think what everybody learns who's made significant changes in life is, you're always you. Mm-hmm. I was scared of that. Like I was scared. Who am I going to be if I'm not a gangster? If I'm not puppet, if I'm not doing these things, then what's my identity? Who am I? Yeah. Outside of that. Daniel, honestly, I still sometimes I struggle with that still right do. now. Like I, I feel oh, yeah. like anybody who's in my life right now has to realize that I still feel a little fucked up. Right. Because and I only did five almost five years in minimum. Right. I didn't even go through everything you went through, but mm-hmm. still sometimes when I try and grasp and comprehend the outside world's ideals and rules and in 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 the way we're supposed to think and and uh, be consider. I mean, I still sometimes feel a little lost, you know. Right. So, thoughts? No, yeah. I mean, help I, me, I, help I, me. I, I, no, I feel, help I, me. I feel you. I feel you a hundred percent, man. It was it was so hard, you know. And we're jumping around a little bit, but mm-hmm. when I got when I got out, it was a, a a hard thing to go from a place where I knew absolutely everything. I mean, there was nothing in prison mm-hmm. that I didn't have an answer for. You were an expert. 
Yeah, a controlled yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I knew all the ins and the outs. I knew how to get anything done. I knew everything, like every single thing that you could I'm think sure about. I'm sure people came to you asking for advice. Yeah, everybody. Staff, staff and prisoners. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. staff yeah, and new, prisoners. New hires are probably like, Daniel, what well, am I supposed hires. to do here? <laughs> they'd, yes. No, they'd call me in, man. They'd call yeah. me in. They'd move people into my area on purpose. Mm. They'd ask me if it was okay. Basically, an right. un, an unofficial mentor of right. Uh, That's inmates. what I was thinking. And when yeah. I was an Ellsworth official, like they allowed us to create uh, myself, Jason Schaefer, a couple of other people. They allowed us to create a peer mentoring program in Ellsworth, where we matched up prisoners with other prisoners. Oh wow! Developed our own curriculum in order to try to uh, give guys an opportunity to benefit from some of the hard lessons that we've learned right and and so yeah exactly right but when i got out i it was i knew i went from that place to a place where i had absolutely no idea how to do anything fish out of water anything i didn't know how to do anything and so it was very good for me to have so much help and support like my sister, my brother-in-law specifically, man. I moved in with them. Like that's why I moved I in. I saw with them in the video, man. Oh, you I saw. saw I saw. It. Was that your brother-in-law in the background crying? Oh yeah, did? Cody, oh, man. He yeah. gave me my. Cody I thought that was and, awesome. Cody and Erica are. Uh, I uh-huh. mean, I haven't met Cody. Oh, I met Erica. Dude. Lover. Erica's right. your sister, the one right. that brought that brought your mother brought in the. Oh, yeah. in the oh my god! I was watching yeah. that video oh. yesterday. I was just like, don't get me cause, started. Because Brian sent me that video a while back, and I I had it like. And Jeremy said, "I don't give a fuck about your convict friends," and I was like, "Dude, that's disrespectful, bro. Meet me out." Catch me outside. He's like, I only know what that means, you idiot. Cash me outside. I know that. Cash me outside. <laughs> Hashtag cash me outside. That's funny. That, that's the chick, actually. Have you yeah, seen the exactly. ca- okay, Dr. Cool. Phil? Yeah. Just yeah. making sure, making sure you knew what I was referencing. Yeah, there, yeah. Brian. That, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's for uh, the audience, bro. But, <laughs> but I was, but I, yesterday I was watching it with right. the, with the eye of like, okay, this guy's coming right. on the show. I really want to, you right. know, you know, pay attention to this. And man, when she, when you got out. And she brought your mother yeah. uh, with her, which right. now might be a good good time to go back in time, right? Because she she brought your mother to you, right? And it, your mother had passed, right? Right, which so, was the whole catalyst of which, my life which changed, cha- which changed everything for changed you, everything. right? So should should we let's go back in time now okay. and talk about your life that got you into prison? Okay, and then I'm interested in. You no, know, your first few years in prison, right. and then I'm also interested in meeting Brian because right. oh um, yeah, oh, man, that was the best. By the way, anybody who's seen that, seen the movie of his story, they really love that part where the Brian guy comes in. <laughs> oh play. yeah, where the com- <laughs> where the comic relief comes in. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, the hardened criminal. Yeah. So so Daniel, take us back uh, to to uh, what landed you in prison, and let's let's talk about you arriving there. Well, uh, what landed me in prison was when I. A week, like I told you, a week before my 17th birthday, mm. um, a friend of mine. I just got to say this. That's 16 years old. Yeah, I was 16 years old. When you say a week before you're 17, it puts into people's minds 17. Right. I was 16. But you're 16, man. Yeah, I was 16 years you old. You were 16. That's young. Just to put things in perspective, um, I was uh, eating sour candy, watching Saturday Night Live. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, maybe even wearing a Mario t-shirt. Jeremy was um, at a Christian concert. No, um, no I was actually, I, I was probably doing Christian improv cr- at that cr- time. Christian right. improv yep, yep. <laughs> and probably, um, I don't know, arranging his uh, Space Jam toys. Space Jam toys. <laughs> and you were... Yeah, I was already in a gang by that point. I think I joined a gang when I was 14 years old. I had heard about those at that point. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy, man. And, and so I had gotten to some really heavy stuff. 
at this point at that on that night like i said me and two of my friends we uh ended up committing three drive-by shootings oh my god uh and in the process of one of them the last one an innocent woman was shot and killed mm. oh man and so i was uh, arrested that same very night like not 10 minutes after it happened man and i was taken to jail and a year later i was convicted of first degree felony murder a criminal discharge of a firearm and possession of a firearm and i was sentenced to 15 years to life plus six years on the back of that now re- now remember i'm here to ask the dumb questions mm-hmm. so what that really means is no no no, no. Uh, the dumb question <laughs> yeah uh, you don't know the dumb oh, question okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. hit me with he's the dumb an idiot the, 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 the dumb question is do we know who hit the innocent woman yeah it was me oh man yeah it was me and that's something that took me a long time to even admit uh to that and and you know there's a lot of reasons for that uh the first being you know you're kind of taught to don't, don't admit anything sure Nothing. never never admit to anything Nothing. don't tell nobody not even yourself right and and then uh as a kid though you know i learned quickly like all kids though is that you try to get out of being accountable for anything sure no matter what it is no matter what it is yeah yeah. and so i had never got to this point where i had learned to take accountability for my actions yeah man tell me about you were 16 i was 16 but it's one of the biggest regrets of my life you know i wish i really wish that uh not only do i wish that that never happened obviously Mm -hmm. but i wish that i would have had the courage and the strength to stand up and say what i did Mm, yeah you know for her family and for all the people that that loved her and cared about her and that she was important you know too i feel like man i just wish that i could go back in time and just give that kid a jolt of like super strength and super courage so that he could stand up and say hey you know i did this horrible awful thing and i'm very sorry yeah for doing this thing you know for sure dude and uh just that that yeah. would have been you know something that i you don't know how many times i've thought about that and wished that I, I i would have taken that opportunity to give them that yeah but i didn't you know i was a scared young kid and didn't didn't have the courage didn't didn't have any type of self-confidence or any type of self-worth which is the reason i was in in that situation in the first place yeah and yeah so so i wound up you know getting all that time which meant that you have to make parole, and once you make parole, then you have to do six more years. Shit. So, okay. in my mind, sixteen years old, I thought I was never getting out of prison. Might as well be. Right. It might as well be forever. And so I, I, you know, I get to prison, and uh, I just pick up where I left off. I mean, in the county, there was this time where I started reading the Bible. Like I said, you're open to anything. Sure, sure. And there's some guys in there having Bible studies and, and talking about Jesus Christ, and and I gravitated towards that. And I started reading my Bible, and I started praying, and I started, you know, uh, eventually I think I might have led a Bible study or two. Right. And I gave my life to Christ in the county jail. Uh, these guys, man, who work in the projects, man, they would come in there, and you could tell they had come from some type of background. Oh, man. man. I, I used to love those groups in county yeah, jail. Yeah, man, they're all tatted <laughs> up. Oh, I'm telling you, man. You they're real tell. dudes. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, you, you could tell. So like, these guys are coming from the outside, coming in. Right. Volunteers coming in, leading these groups. And, and you know, you just, you, you're you looking for something, you know. Right. Um, and I can only imagine Anything. the weight of what you were dealing with. But oh, even in rough, mine, man. you know, thinking about upsetting, you know, like disappointing my family and this and that. But but the length of time you're looking at, right. that stuff's powerful. It was powerful, and man. the music, and, the words, everything. And that's one of the weird things, though, what I learned is like people that come from my background – 
and people that come from like Brian's background. He means yeah. white people. Guero. Hey, gordo, guero. What's crazy to me? Bearded, fat, white guys. Hey, what's crazy to me? Hey, you lost some weight, buddy. Thank you. Right. you. do. You look <laughs> great. Ten you pounds do. over and over. You look great, though. <laughs> Thank you. You just gained a little bit. You look great. Is the family's reactions? Oh yeah, man. Are completely different, man. Like really? I, like I've met people who come from that kind of background and their families are like really disappointed and and sometimes they don't talk to them and that's they, fine they, yeah fine. they don't talk to yeah. them they, they they write them off like they they, they yep. feel like the the shame that they brought onto the family or the thing sure. that they've done is so horrible because they can't understand it right and if you don't come right. from that lifestyle we didn't raise you this way you can't understand it <laughs> yeah but you heard but that when, but when I you did. come from my background they understand it because it's happening all the time. Yeah. It happens right. every day. They, I'm not the first person to go to prison. I'm not the sure. first person to catch a murder case. I'm not the first kid that dropped out of school and started drinking and using drugs and stealing cars and, and having sex with girls. And like, so, so what is the reaction then? I mean, obviously, the reaction is, they're not happy. It's about, about it. time. High five. No, the reaction <laughs> is that we understand that these things happen. Yeah. Gotcha. And we're here for you as much Which, as we can be. Man, okay. I got to tell you... Uh, that's why I still punish myself today. Right. Whenever the only visit that I got in county jail was my dad, you know, we're disappointed in you. Your mother cries herself to sleep every night. Right. Now, now, obviously, these uh, what I did was terrible. Sure, and I'm sure. sorry to put my parents through it, but man. Yeah. And those are natural reactions. Just, just to, you're, just to you're hear. Right. Yeah. You know, and like I deserved everything I was told. 100%. Right. I deserved to hear those things on how it affected them. But, but, you, but how was that making what I'm going through easier? Right. You know, and, and, and I, it shouldn't be easy. Yeah. But man, like, I don't know. I guess there's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. Exactly. Everybody's reaction. I feel like everybody's reaction to that was justified. I felt I deserved it. Right? Your parents yeah. being mad, justified. You yeah. being upset, and, justified. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but. It, and like I said, I don't think there's any right or wrong. And I don't think there's any. Uh, wrong way to respond or react to something like that it's just something that caught my eye right that that isn't a hundred percent this isn't a hundred percent sure know? some families don't react like that on either side right but for the most part i think that it's fair to say that most of the time that's those are the reactions i think you're probably right and it's because and right. it's like i said it's because you know i'm not the first person in my family to go to jail and they understand these things happen because these kids are growing up in these super tough environments Right. And what type of environment were you growing up? I was in, growing up like well, my dad had left the family. Okay. Uh, I started drinking by the time I was ten, sipping beers. By the time I was twelve, I was having my own six pack. By the time oh, wow. I was twelve, I was smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. By the time I was uh, fourteen, I was out uh, chasing girls and drinking and doing whatever I wanted. I quit going to school, and I mean, by the time I was fourteen, I was carrying a gun everywhere I went. Oh shit! Okay. And my family knew. Wow. Yeah. And wow. it's like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Like. <clears throat> I mean, when, when your entire, and I don't, I don't want to uh, assume anything, mm -hmm. but is your entire environment that? Well, yeah, well, like all, all of my your friends, friends and, cousins. And, and even, and, 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 and you know, there's always exceptions and there's always different people. Sure. But yeah, like all my friends, that's what we were doing. And but my, my mom was drinking every day. My dad was an alcoholic, gone with some other woman raising her kids. Right. All my aunts, all my uncles, my grandmother, all drinking, all partying all the time. Like it was just a very chaotic and dysfunctional environment all you had was rice so all we had was rice and so exactly when, that's and, all you knew and that's all you know and so uh when i went to jail you know it was that moment in time where i started to change like i said i gave my life to christ and man i felt great yeah i felt like peace 
and strength and value because you know the greatest thing about Jesus Christ, and I follow Jesus Christ right now. Like this is my my home church hat that we started this, this church. I was actually, looking at. I, I saw is, I saw CV and I was CTV. Trying to, CTV. Christ it, the Victor Christ Church. Christ the Victor. Okay. And, started and, all by prisoners. Well, not ours was started by prisoners. So yeah. they had this idea, you know, Christ the Victor of uh, planting churches in inner cities, places where people need God. Cool. And they thought, well, it's not an inner city, but prison is a similar environment. Uh, yeah. So they came in and they empowered us by by giving us you know these tools and teaching us how to be leaders. And so we ran our own prison, our own church in prison. And it's so crazy now though that the church that I'm preaching at this Sunday, I don't know if I mentioned that, but no, I'm, man. I, yeah, I'm preaching this Sunday. Good for you, man. At, you, at our, you said you had a busy week, right? I do. And so <laughs> Big week. I'm preaching this Sunday at our church. You ever preached before? Oh yeah, I have. Okay, cool. A, cool. a lot of times. And so, uh, but this church, our pastor was a ex convict, a guy that. Run, runs the, the uh, who is it? Will Stevens. Will Stevens and, and the, Matt Thomas is also affiliated. Oh, Matt Thomas. I have a Matt Thomas. That guy keeps coming around in my yeah, world, exactly, man. Yeah, right? man. Uh, Matt Thomas, the the house that he was living in here for a little while was my one of my best straight. friends. One oh, of my yeah. best friends' houses that's that, that's that they that they bought and fixed. It's right up. here in this neighborhood. Right. So so that's where uh, like so this church uh, is is all like they brought our leadership team in. Our whole leadership team is out of prison now. Like and, wow. and it's still guys doing that. And so. Yeah, that's that's where I'm preaching at at any at this Sunday. Where but is that? Is that it's on 87th and Lackman, the Foundry Church. Oh, that's right down. It's here. right down the street. Yeah. That's right down here. Yeah, yeah. Right down I street. might step in church for the first you time in a long time. One, one p.m. Yeah, one p.m. <laughs> right on. so one it's, p.m. It's, because they all need to sleep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's because you know they got the uh, the the real church people in there early in the morning, so then they bring the, they bring. That's all, what I thought, right? Because because right. so you guys are kind of uh, the, renting second, out the space, yeah, essentially the, the, the space next door, like a gotcha. second service. But it works out though because a lot of people, you know, the one o'clock works for some reason, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, right. and it, so we we're we're doing that, but yeah, like I said, I had got I had gotten into into Christ and I felt great, man. Like I felt that peace and I felt that you know. For, and this, this is early on. Early on, I'm in the okay. county, man. Okay. And I had never heard about. I knew Jesus. My mom, and my grandma, they loved Jesus. Talked about him, prayed my whole life. Sure, sure. Catholics, but I had never really understood what he was saying. But that's like pomp and circumstance, right? Right. That's, I had never. That's like wallpaper. And I. It's so just I, all around you. Don't but know what it is. You don't, you don't think about mean it. Anything. You don't think about it. Yeah. And especially right? after me doing what I did and being in the situation I'm in, I'm there talking about this this uh, person, this guy, this God, who forgives you for anything mm-hmm. and says that you ain't never too late. Yep. You can change. You can be something else. Really appealed to me, man. So I that I, that took root, like it really did. And then I went, I got convicted. I went to prison, and early on in my prison sentence, you know, the first day in prison was a total crazy trip, man. Like it's a crazy thing. So I'm, I'm sorry, t- timeline wise, what what? Uh, so you were 16. Uh, I was 16. 17. I turned 17. I got convicted. So this at, is like early at, 2000s or late 90s. It yeah okay. So I caught my case in January '98. Wow. And. I got to Lansing. The Backstreet Boys weren't even big. I yet. was right. doing a summer theater. Yeah, <laughs> and I and so I got to Lansing though. It, you're right. Uh, Two thousand no, 1999. Wow, man. Right? Yeah, somewhere in '99. Okay, right before Jeremy and I met. Right. Yeah, somewhere in '99. <laughs> and so I get there, man, and I'm, I walk down this long walk. Man, they put you in this bright blue jumpsuit. Everybody knows you're fresh. You know, you're brand uh, new. You walk right that? by the yard, like all right hey, by everybody the yard. Stop. So to it's see. still the same way because 15 years later, you were doing it. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Same, same same type of thing. Yeah, everybody sees the fresh fish coming right. in. They wow. see you coming in, and so uh, you know, I, I get there, and you know, they ask me if I know where the Mexicans sit at. I told them I just got there, so they tell me where I sit. 
And, you know, I'm approached by some people and they tell me, you know, who are you? Where are you from? How much time you got? What would you do? What what kind of case you on? And where are you, affili- are you affiliated? And it just so happens that I sat down at a table with guys that were affiliated with the same thing that I was. So and, whenever you're Mexican, you come in and there's three groups. Right. What are they? Uh, well, there's... Well, I mean, I, for, for the most part... It was the Serenios, yeah. Northanios, and the Neutrals. That's what yeah. I know about. Well, there's there's a few more, but for the most part, Vaca Locos from Wichita, right? So there, <laughs> there's some there's some groups, but back then, all the Mexicans were together. Like there was no separation. And by the okay. way, no other community takes care of their own more than the Mexican community. Oh my God, when I was in county jail, they come in and they immediately get pulled in with them. It doesn't matter what they have. They're going to eat everything everybody else has. Hmm. And everybody else is just sitting. I'm sitting there starving because my family won't talk to me. (laughs) Right, which is good and bad, you know, depending on what what the situation was. And so for me, that's what happened. And so they they sit me down. They tell me those things. And then they tell me, uh, you know, there's some things going to be expected of you. If you oh, roll, wow. with, if you roll with us, right? You don't have to. You can go on your own and do whatever you want. So you were given the opportunity. Given the opportunity. I mean, obviously, you know pop culture. They they make it seem like you're with us. No, they gave me the opportunity, man. Okay. And but it took me like two seconds, man. What I'm gonna say? I'm, I'm gonna get up in here and, and be by myself. Safety, right? Safety I in said, numbers. I said, nah, bro. I'm with y'all. Okay. And they said, okay, cool. And so I Jesus start, is great for the long haul. Well, what about right now? That's my right. point. Well, that's my point. See, and so there's another story, like. Two, three days later, I'm still going to church, man. I'm still reading my Bible. Like, yeah. Jesus is real to me. Uh-huh. Sure. But I also know that, like you said, I'm trying to live in this moment, too. Yeah. And I don't understand. Like, I don't have courage, man. I don't have strength. I don't have guidance and wisdom. I don't know how to do this thing. Yeah, and so, you're technically still in high school. So I'm trying to do these yeah, things. Dude. So, yes. I, so I'm walking down the run one day. What's the run? I'll tell it, man. Look so at the, that. So the run Look is, the run is uh, where all the cells are at. Yes. Okay. They call it a run. Run one, run two, run three, depending okay. on what floor I can, it is. I can is. picture that. It, yes. For those of you who have watched the video that we're gonna right. that we're gonna uh, repost, right. when they when they pull out and they show all of the, tears. the cells, yeah. all those, those tears, are runs. those are the runs, right? right. So it's a beautiful shot, by the way. It really is, man. And that's exactly what's happening. You see all these people doing all these different things. Yeah, people are stretching in there. People are doing push-ups. Everybody's people living, are reading. Their, living their life, trying to, but shoved into these these. Like it, pack houses, it, it reminded me of like a high rise apartment, like right. like if you were yes. watching some yeah. sort of like uh, what uh, it is like rent movie based like, in like rent, yes, yes, yes. like so, rent. So, but but like but like uh, uh, like if, if it was New York City, the people would be like right. watching TV. Exactly. Another window, yeah. people would be uh, like having a romantic dinner. Yeah. Another one, but like when it's condensed into six it, by nine cells, well, that's it's what like, it is. It's like its own do? city, yeah, like yeah, its own community. And so I'm walking down this run, and uh, one of the the he's an OG man, vet that I know. A senor, man, basically is what the, like, these dudes, he was from Arizona, and he was part of, like, the biggest organization you can be a part of. And so okay. it's like it's like he calls me over and he says, uh, hey, what's that in your pocket? And I was like, oh, I'll reach in my pocket. And it's one of them little pocket Bibles. Okay. And I said, oh, I miss my Bible. He goes, oh, that's cool, man. Let me see it. He's looking at it. And he goes, so you're a Christian? And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, uh, oh, that's cool. He said, man, but I'm going to tell you, man, uh, you can't be a Christian and be a gangster. Hmm. There's going to be things that we're going to ask you to do. Interesting. That are going to be hard for you to do. Man. If you're reading that book. And he told me. So you you see a path before you. He says, uh, (laughs) you don't got to tell me today. You don't got to make a decision right now. But uh, sooner or later, I'm going to ask you for a decision of what you're going to do. Either you're going to be a Christian or you're going to be a gangster. 
in the same man, thing. Man, that man. right there just got me shook. And I don't know. Wow. Yeah, and but it's like you said, man. Like if I would have known, I, I just don't have any life experience. I don't have any wisdom. I don't have any of these things that I have now. So I didn't realize the gravity of the decision oh, that yeah. I was making at that point in time. Right. It's right before me, life or death. Yeah. Yep. It's right before me, heaven or hell, man. It's right before me, good or bad. You got a fork in the road. It's right here, like yeah. literally, this one dude stopping me. But he has all this power. Yes. In this, in which this, is tangible, you can see that in this process, and he's yeah. locked in a cell. He's yeah. doing. He's in his cell. I'm walking around on this yard, on this run, wow. and so he reaches out of this. So cell. he's locked in his cell. Yeah, and I'm talking to him. He calls me over to his cell, and so he's one of the most powerful people there, maybe there. And, and so he's he, locked in a cell, and he and, and he's he still me. having this. Wow. And so that's the thing that we don't understand that we all have this power. Mm. I got two sons now. Yeah. And I'm going to be offering my son's decisions. I'm going to be offering my son's <laughs> opportunities. I'm going to be giving my son's advice. Yeah. And we all have this influence over people every day, all day. For sure. And so he offers me this decision, and I don't even realize the gravity of the decision that I'm making. And like I said, man, I had started to feel some camaraderie. I had started to feel like, okay, I can live here. I can survive here. You know, uh, we ate some dinner. You know, we talked. We played some handball in the yard. Right. Like, okay, man, like maybe I can, this is going to be okay. And so then he's telling me either you give that up and you go do this other thing. Who knows what that is and how that's going to be. Or you do yeah, this. Yeah, you don't, you don't see yourself now. I don't. And uh, so in, I make the wrong decision. 22 years of following Christ's teachings. Well, not not, <laughs> not 22 years, but now I'm following them. Right, right, right. Because so, I made the wrong yourself, decision. But yeah. you don't see yourself 22 years right, from now exactly. being successful, kids, family. right, right. And not only successful, I just don't see what the peace and the truth and the, of, of following Jesus Christ is. Right. I don't know what that is. Right. I'm just learning it. I don't realize that that's... That's where it's at. You know, I don't. So I, t I make the wrong decision, man. I tell them, no, I'm with you guys. Here's my problem with that statement. Right. Is it the wrong decision? I think it was the wrong decision. Or, In hindsight. Or was that the path that... So I'm an atheist, okay? Okay. But... Jeremy, I, I used to be by a the way, hard, just a hardcore Christian. Used to be a hardcore Christian. Christian. Now he's right. an atheist. I used to have these conversations in Sunday school right. all the time right. where, where they would say, like, God doesn't make bad decisions. Right. right? And I'm like, okay, but, but does God want you to make a bad decision every once in a while? Because sometimes the bad decisions lead you to where you are. Well, I think the way. So, like, I, think would, the, I see what you're saying. Would, would, if you would have gone the straight and narrow when mm -hmm. you first got into prison, mm -hmm. would you have your head down like Brian did mm -hmm. and just trying to get your way out of there? Who knows? Or. Did that actually lead you to be this powerful leader that you are mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. You know, being a leader into the church that you're in, the, mm -hmm. the family, your community, and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that wouldn't have happened. So maybe that was God's plan. So maybe that was the right decision. Well, I think what well what I what I think is <laughs> it was the right path. Maybe. Well, what I know is this: I know, in my belief, it's never the right thing. Okay. To say I'm going to set jesus off to the side right i don't sure. think so i that's my own personal belief and that's totally fine and, dude. but what i and so what i think is his that, parents would love you for saying that and oh, what yeah, i yeah, what yeah. i think is that god will use anything absolutely that was always my thing in sunday school like he will god will use anything and, my, and, my, and everybody true. else was just all like no no no. well no, they're, no, they're, they're gotta, wrong they're i don't right? want to say people are wrong but they're wrong <laughs> no, i'm with you because that's not what jesus says right and that's not what the word says dude and the, like, red, the and, red letters of the bible are amazing and like cheryl reinhardt told me she said look whatever decision you make god's grace is wide for sure. He's going to be with you. You cool. think he's going to leave you because you quit? <laughs> you think he's going like to you think he's going to leave you cuz you stay with Yeah. He's not. And so he stayed with me. Yeah. 
this whole time. That's probably why I didn't die. That's probably why I didn't kill nobody else. That's probably why all these opportunities. He was, he'll shape me whenever he gets an opportunity. Whenever yeah. I give him a chance. So, so I made, but I made this decision, man, and and it created it's a big decision, and it created a lot of. You see these good things now. Yeah, right. But it created a lot of chaos and destruction. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I was the dude. Guys coming in with four or five years, and I'm making them live like they got a life sentence. Oh wow! I'm making them do things that they. Hey, you're going home when? You're going home in a year. I don't care about that. Yeah. Right. You're going to go do this to this guy, and I don't care how much time it adds I to don't. your sentence. I don't give a shit. This needs to be done if you're with us. If There's you want to sit here, this is what's going to And if you happen. don't do it, then we're going to do it to you. And wow. somebody else is going to go do it to him. And so, so organized, organized crime within and, the prison. And so yeah. what happened was For sure. I saw these guys, and later on, man, I would run into them, Jeremy. I'd run into these dudes. And these are dudes that I met when they were 18. Uh, and now they're 30 wow 35 and they're back in prison uh, and they got children and they're drug addicts wow and the only place they feel comfortable is here why because me and people like me told them that these That's other all you're dudes, worth these well these other dudes are lames no, these, no, other, fine. these other dudes are lames <laughs> these other dudes ain't real dudes the only reason they're not like us is because they're not strong enough to be like us wow mm. and so they'd get out of prison and get around regular people and they would think, man, you guys are so off. You guys Lame. are so Fake. soft. You, you guys just don't so get it. Lame. The They're bitches. Dude, where are my homies yeah. at? Yeah. I'll tell you. All your homies They're are in, in jail. Yeah. And so they'll come back and they get here and they feel so comfortable when they get to prison. They feel so good. So so when you would see them at 18 and then see them at 30, what happened I was, imagine you've changed by this point. I, well, I, eventually I did. Not eventually. all the time. Sometimes I'm just seeing my homeboy. Hey, what's sure. up, homie? Blah, blah, blah. And, but eventually I changed. And so, when, wow. I, when I saw him, I realized... Bro, you had these negative impact on these people, man. Man, Paul, that's gotta that's gotta put some weight on you. You're shoulder. responsible for yeah. some of this. So, man, you so uh, man, I feel like we're jumping around a little too much, but like I feel like you've got guilt on top of guilt. Hundred percent. Well, and not and not and not guilt forever because I realized that at at this one some point that we're all accountable for our own decisions. Mm -hmm. But sure. what I feel like is I feel like I, I I accept and I take accountability that I had this negative impact on these people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me accountable. That makes me, uh, I feel like it's necessary for me to tell the truth when I get an opportunity to, to anybody. Right. Because I know that I've had a negative impact. So now I'm trying to have a positive impact. Right. Know? So it's driven me. It's given me ambition. But like I said, I don't try to hold on to guilt because, you know, uh, that's where I was. I didn't know no better. You know? See, right. I'm Irish, so I hold on to guilt big time right? <laughs> i'm like oh my god it's the worst thing to hold on to i man. know it's terrible yeah, man. it's terrible it really is man it's it, a cancer it, it really is it's the worst thing to hold on to which is the other thing that i think is beautiful you know about uh what i believe in about god is they say you don't have to hold on to that yeah you know you can say i did that and you can genuinely say i'm sorry for that and you can turn around yeah and do something different that's the beautiful thing about life. We always have an opportunity. Life's like baseball, man. Like until, <laughs> until you die, when that last pitch is thrown, you're gonna have opportunities to make plays. You're gonna have opportunities sure. to get at bats. You're gonna sure. have opportunities to encourage your teammates. You're gonna have an opportunity to do whatever you have to do to affect the game in a positive way. Right. If you don't give up. Right. And so that's how I feel about life. So it's like, man, man, rebaptize me right now. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, you saved another one, <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, it's I, real, dude. I, I came up in the church, yeah. right? And I, like I said, I, I'm an atheist, but I, I, I'm past my atheism phase where, I, like, I was combative about it and stuff right. like that, and blah 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 blah. I respect the crap 
out of right. out of your belief right right because to me it's it's important right, right? and and uh, like some people get annoyed by like oh well the hypocrisy in the church and yada right. yada 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 but like if you're following jesus's words mm-hmm. you're gonna be a hypocrite well, not nah, you will be. Uh, you will. Yeah, you will technically. Be. Yeah, yeah. Because, because you can't live up to them. Can't live up to that. Yeah, right, right. But Jesus's words, but the red words of the man, Bible. If you can live by Jesus's rules, you're re- regardless if you're a Christian or not. Jesus, Jesus would forgive you. Yeah. Because, like, no matter right. what it was. But the, the the red words of the Bible to me are the are the important ones. To me, they're the most beautiful ones, right? Because this is because Jesus was cool as hell. Right. This is the dude. Like there's there's no argument. Yeah. Jesus was cool as hell. Yeah, hundred percent, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he was cool. He had a lot of swag. He was cool, and, and he was real, right? Yeah. And so, he's hung out, hey, he's hanging out with the whores, the thieves. Yeah, man. My, my church, come to my church. He's breaking one, one, <laughs> one, one p.m. He's breaking bread. <laughs> he's getting, he's getting a little bit of wine. Eight, in there. Eight, hey, I'm, you want some fish with that wine? I'm telling bread? you, because yeah. because like you know what you're saying is true because I think that's the true essence of what Christianity is. And, and I mean, it, it should be. And if it's not, <laughs> then is it even Christianity? Yeah. Because my argument would be no. It mine too. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the one of the reasons I love my church and the reasons I love I won't say I love uh what I've been through, but one of the benefits, man, that of what I've been through is if you know, what kind of person would I be if I judged somebody after what I've done right. and what I've been through? Sure. But I understand how people become more judgy than others because if you, for all technical, you know, uh, intents and purposes, have never really been a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeremy's pretty much the most innocent person I've, I hey, know. Hey, man, you know how many drugs we used to do? I know, right. but, it, but, but for real, that's only because I pushed them on you. But besides right. that. So think about people who haven't even done that. Right. Yeah, think about people yeah that you're a loser, the, Jeremy. Think about people that grew up <laughs> in the church. Junkie. You know, grow up in the <laughs> church, never leave it yeah be, become you know uh youth pastors and then become pastors Dude, my my entire high school uh, whole thing okay yeah. so think about that it, it'd be hard to understand people yeah it who, would be who who do what it i was did. for me i used to watch this stuff on the news in my old life and i'd judge everyone lock judge them up everybody. throw away the key so right. i understand why it happens but one of the the you know of god's grace i understand it so fully man Dude, I can't listen to Amazing Grace without getting tears in my eyes. Yeah, it's a good song. Because it's a good song, and it's not a song. It's my life. It. It's mm-hmm. my real life, dude. That's that right. You know, I never heard it. Right. When you talk, it. it's going to be, it. hey, be the closing it. song, man. It's going to be the closing song. Well, I know he's heard it because he sang it with me in the choir. He was yeah, in my choir with me. Right. That's right. Yeah, the old sing. prison choir. We that's sang right. that song. But, but that's the thing about, about my experience in my church is... These people can't hide what they've done. You can go on Casper and look them up. Everything, right. exactly. All, all of your worst transgressions are public right knowledge. There. Well, that's what I like, man. That's what I like. Like, like <laughs> you said, that was some. I do, meaning, man. Right? I do like it because I, it's, it's I, I like just being completely transparent. Right. Right. So, like, when I first started dating my wife and meeting their family right. and stuff like that, and and we we'd be talking about like, oh, we used to party, then like I used to party. Right. Like, I used I, to party I, last night. I, right. I I I liked getting all of that out of the way. Right. Right. And for me, it was like, oh, I used to do meth every once in a while, right. and I used to drop ecstasy every once right. in a while. Yeah, just one time, I did mushrooms and coke on the same night. Oh, that was and a the, terrible night. Yeah. Right. But, but like, but like, getting all of that out, off off my plate right. was like, okay, now I can be honest about everything. It feels so good to get all that out but of the when way. You, but when's but, the only time you're comfortable doing that the only time you're comfortable doing that is if you've moved on from that yeah i think very that's right. true because if right. you're still in that yes. oh yeah if you're then still, you're still living it, in that then shame, you can't be honest you're yeah. still living in that in that i know that yeah. i'm doing something that ain't right that isn't mm-hmm. good for me that is possibly dangerous to their daughter so why yeah. would i tell them that thing yes so so until you're, you're free right from that, a lot of that was 
I used to. You're right. And back in the day, it was. And so that's the beauty of like what what I believe is that if I make a mistake, I can be honest about that because I know it's wrong and I don't want to do it. Even when I have a compulsion or an obsession or something that I can't be free of right now, I'm telling you, I know it's wrong. Right. And I know I don't I don't want to do it and I shouldn't be doing it. And I'm sorry. Right. And you know what? Uh, you can judge me if you want to, but I know you have similar things in your life. Yeah. Sure. And so, it's all a matter of scale at that point. It's all a matter of scale. But yeah. it, but that's the other thing, you know, that, that Jesus said is like, he's no respecter of sins. You know, what, what sin's greater or worse than the other? There isn't. But but in our eyes and our human understandings, we always scale everything. We do. Don't you think if Jesus was sitting here right now, though, he'd be like, okay, speeding's one thing. Right. Well, but I don't, is speeding a sin? Like, you broke the law. I don't know. Obey the law of the land. I mean... You're that, supposed that, to obey the law of the land. But but that's what Okay, I, jaywalking. But, but Right, right. <laughs> so, But that's my, my point is, like, to me, it's about people. And like you said, you know, uh, if you follow Jesus' rules, really, he only had one, two rules. Treat people as you want to be treated? Go well, kind of. Kind oh, of. He says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, and mm-hmm. all your strength. And love your brother. As you love yourself. Yeah. There you go. That's it. When they asked him, that's what he said. Yeah. You know, there's only really one person in the Bible or one group of people in the Bible that Jesus was always banging with. That was the Sinners. Pharisees. And the Sadducees. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Did the, I just have the, the right answer? I only know that you because did. of Jesus there Christ Superstar yeah. by Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's true, though. The mm-hmm. religious people yes. were the ones that he was yes. always fighting with. Why? Well, consider who, the, the people who got the angriest with, with the people in the church, and he's flipping over the tables. So why the, was he arguing with them all the time? Because Prophet. Because they thought that they were better than everybody else. Sure. And they had created themselves into like these little baby mini gods mm-hmm. who did everything right and we're holy and you're not. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the <laughs> there buzz? we go. <laughs> He's got a song for everything. Buzz? Yeah, that's Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. But no, Jesus Christ <laughs> Superstar. Do you think you are what they say you are? <laughs> okay, no, I love it. Okay, so I Two, love three, four. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so no, I love it. So, so, so Daniel, you're back there. And now mm-hmm. you've made this decision yeah, to so go it, to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm with y'all. So it wasn't five days he, later that they made me assault somebody in the shower because he owed him somebody. Oh, shit. Oh. Five days, man. Five days off the bus, probably. About five or six days. And you couldn't talk to anybody else. You had to handle this yourself. Nope. They sent me with somebody else. Because, yeah. like, you you think about this thing. It, it's like anybody else. There's, there's, man, there's brilliant people, man. Oh, brilliant. Amazing, man. And so one Amazing thing, minds. One thing, what would you do if you were training somebody for a job? Would you send them to do the job by yourself? No, man. You no. got to send them uh, a mentor. Yeah. You'd send somebody to train them and show them how to do it right. Yeah, yeah. For one. Show them the ropes. It's going to show them how to do the job. For yeah. two, it's going to make them confident that the job's going to get it's done right. Because they're with them, right? Yeah. They're with them. You get caught. And then once you show them how to do this job and they accomplish it successfully, it gives them confidence. Mm. My God, man. This so, is... <laughs> so time after you do this enough times. It's team you're, building and brainwashing all at the same time. You're speaking to me because I'm a leader in the company that I work for. Yeah, so. yeah, try this at your next meeting. Yeah, yeah, Go in the though. bathroom, rough up Tommy from accounting, <laughs> <laughs> show him that he better get his fucking yeah. numbers up. But, Lucy, go with him. I'm telling you. So, so it's it, it, But it's true what you said. It's it's leadership. Lucy <laughs> works I have a nickname now. Lucy. Like, go ahead. But that's what it is, is it's leadership, man. It's like, it's like I tell people all the time. It's some of the greatest leaders I ever met are, are in my opinion, uh, leading the wrong people for the yeah, wrong, for the wrong right. reasons. And I was yeah. one of them, you know, at, at one point, like, like I said, in that, in that film, man, at, at the height of what I was doing, there weren't five other people that were more influential than me in the, right. in the gang world. And you know, it, like when I, when I got sent to long-term segregation my last time, which was 2009, uh, 
I was directly in charge of like 60 gang members. Within the prison system? Within like, just that yard. Just that yard? Okay. And so we're talking about... Did, did, did it reach to other prisons? Yes, oh, for sure. Yes. You can't escape. If you owe them money and you... Like, Got transferred someplace You, you go into protective custody to get it's, away from them. It's one big organization. It's right. one big Mail organization. Mail and, and correspondence will be sent. And when you arrive, your debt will be waiting for you. That's right. Wow. And so... And so but, but that... So that's like indirect. Okay. But directly, like, I mean, I, I could say, hey, you know what? This is what we're all doing tomorrow. Wow. And that's what we were all going to do tomorrow. And like I said, it don't matter if your daughter's coming to see you. It doesn't matter care. if your daughter's sick. It doesn't matter if, no. if your mom's sick. Right. It doesn't matter if you're getting married next weekend. And Fuck you, you, pay me. Right. But, but it isn't because we feel like or felt like you don't matter. It's we felt like this matters more. Wow. And so it's almost like the wow. greater good. That's what we felt the, like. The greater good, the cause, quote unquote. The cause the was cause. more important. And you know, and and so the, and you know, it, there was benefits to 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 being that kind of person, that type of leader, but what I was saying, you know, is they sent me to do that and I reaped some rewards. Yeah. You know, I got respect and I got a lot of, you know, uh applause so to speak sure. and i got i de- started developing a reputation and, and i started to feel good about myself in this weird way it's intoxicating not only intoxicating but i felt like hey i'm capable of doing this look yeah. at me look what i did look look at me i'm, I'm successful and then i'm successful and then yeah. the next time hey i'll go do that i know how to do that I yeah got man, i got i can this. do that uh, hey, hey you don't have to anymore no i want no, this i'll go because i i can do it right i'll take them and so then, was it a sense of accomplishment? It was at that a point? sense of accomplishment yeah, yeah. and a sense of affecting my surroundings. Right. I'm not only needed, but I'm able to accomplish the task that I'm needed to accomplish and appreciated and appreciated. And so then, as I do this enough times, they start to trust me and they start to give me more responsibility. And I was always a pretty intelligent kid, even when I was young. Like when I because, and that's because my dad really respected and admired intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I was a little kid that was like learning. All these facts, just so I could spit them out to my dad. Hey, dad, listen to this. Yeah. Dad, Human head know, weighs eight pounds. Did you know a hummingbird flaps its wings three hundred times in a that second? That was me. That was right. I was that kid. Fear. Son, you're just quoting Jerry Maguire. <laughs> 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 that's true. He did say all those things. <laughs> but Jonathan Lipnicki. Hey, but that's the kid I was. Sure. So intelligence was important to me, but then when my dad left. I mean, there was nobody to impress no more. Right. So what am I going to school for? Now you're trying to impress people on the streets, right? Is that how it goes? Yeah, pretty much. So then when I went to prison, though, I was still smart. I still knew how to learn. Yeah, you can't unsmart. Can't unsmart. I mean, without like a head trauma or something. Challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a smart dude, man. And so I I like, uh, I tell people all the time, man, when I, I was like 150 pounds, baby face dude. Yeah. But there was no reason why I should be leading. Yeah, man. But I did because I was smart and I was, and I understood people and I understood like situations. And I started reading books on strategy and psychology and military strategy. Wow, you were doing this to get better. Which a lot of those books are not allowed in prison anymore. They wouldn't let them in anymore. Yeah. So at the time, at the time I was getting them in. So, but I was only in prison a year before I went to long term segregation the first time. Okay. And I was down there two years. Solitary confinement. So yeah, that's what was going to be my question. So you went to solitary confinement at some point. I did in two thousand. You don't have to tell me why you got in there, but what on earth was that like? Because you hear about this now. Well, the like, first there are a lot of people out there that are are 
fighting against to, it. like uh, against like it, it, shouldn't, that. it shouldn't exist right. you, you've got like eddie vetter out there right. like preaching oh, like yeah. you need to get out of this well like, i don't think it should exist in the state that it exists in right now and i definitely don't think that a lot of the people that are in there should be in there because what they use it for is a catch-all bad behavior place yeah and so some of these people that are exhibiting bad behaviors are really uh, suffering from mental health Ill- issues and sure. illnesses and so one of the things that happened i think in the <laughs> 90s was they closed a lot of the uh, mental institutions down right and so they had no plan for the overflow of those people and so when those people acted out in society what they ended up doing was just charging them and sending them to jail and so they wound up in jail and the jails were primarily to accommodate and house criminals right not mental health patients right. so they don't know what to do with them and so what do i do with this person who's unreal ruly and out of control and keeps breaking our rules Throw let's, let's just put them in a cell yeah. where they can't break the rules and hurt nobody right yeah. and so if they hurt themselves what do we do well let's just strap them to a bed or take away all their stuff so they can't hurt themselves <sighs> either so now you got these mental health people in these in these rooms 24 hours a day seven days a week with no clothes with no uh, mattress with no writing utensils with no anything nothing Except for what? Their mind. And, and their mind's broke. Yeah. And so those people definitely shouldn't be down there, man, right. at all. And right. so those people don't fare well down there at all. Man. No, I don't think anybody does really, though, right? Well, I fared pretty well. Did you? you? Know? And, and for so, does, What did you do? Afterwards. Like, initially, I became really depressed, man. I'm sure. Because I had never been away from my friends. I'd never been away from my family. Like, I never yeah. had that. You know, I was away from my family, but I always had my friends. You know, my mom and I, I my don't mom know and what I would do. I don't know what I would do. I just, man, I just got sad, man. And I started. I think that's what I would do. And I started trying to express myself in like journals. And I started reading books. Okay, I, so you at least had that. Yeah, and I okay. started ad- adopting these weird personalities, man. That's when I started reading like Shakespeare. Started mm-hmm. reading. Oh, and yes. started reading all these plays and started to. Uh, eventually, I got a TV because one of the things down there is. Is once you do your time for whatever you did, like your disseg time, like say I, I was down there for. Uh, disseg? That's disciplinary segregation. Okay. That means you broke a rule and you're in gotcha. the hole for that. So you're okay. in jail. You're in prison, but now you're in jail. Right. You're in jail within prison. Yes. Right. Double, and, double jail. Double jail. And so I was in there for, uh, I got in a fight with a whole bunch of other people and I had a, a, a homemade knife and like people got hurt and like all these things they happened. They frown upon those. And so I went to the <laughs> hole for that. Hey, Brian, why? <laughs> because they hurt people. <laughs> okay, remember, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. Yeah. Uh, a shiv or a shank, you may have heard of that. Hey, heard I've of heard of that. That's yes. right. So what, but anyway, man, so I'm down there, and when I do my disciplinary seg, which is like, I think, 60 days. Then God, you, 60 you can, freaking days. But that's without nothing but books. Ugh. But after that, you can start earning your other stuff back. So you can get a radio. You can get a TV. You can start going to the store and buying food. At least you are an intelligent person who loves to soak up information. Right. Some people so can't like, even read. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Imagine like, oh, hey, you got all the books you need here. It's like, well, I can't, can't read. read. No, and I there's got no judgment like against that. Like, right. I, I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, dumbass can't read. Like, no. that's like, I couldn't imagine being in a place where you're surrounded by all this information that you yeah. know is there. It's in on these pages. Right. Like, I, I if if I could just read. I, right. I could pass away at the time, but like I can't even do that. These assholes. I'm just I'm just down here by myself. And I the just, fact that you could read in this in in this environment, I think one thing he may. I mean, I don't know if it's like this all the time, but I know that there are some times where people are starting fires, people are slamming their stuff, people yeah. are throwing shit out into the rung, people are. Uh, it, it is just chaos oh, all it's around. So you. weird, man. It's such a. It's the weirdest place that 
I've definitely experienced, but I think maybe one of the weirdest places you can experience. And you're on trying Earth. to read Shakespeare in that. Well, because yeah. like I mean, people get into. I mean, you're in there trying to live, man. So you, yeah. so you're looking for any type of companionship or interaction. So, yeah. so Brian moves into the store, ne- uh, the cell next to you, but he's not like this cool Brian. He's like some really messed up, manipulative, you know, defective. Oh, I know person. the manipulative one. Hey, so, hey, how you guys so, doing? So you become friends with him, though, and you start cooking together, and you start talking to him about your mom, and maybe you guys start sharing pictures so you can feel like you're connecting with somebody right but but then brian turns on you man like he gets all he gets you to do something for him and he he, uh, he burns you or he tries to write your mom or, or steal your girlfriend from oh you oh my god and so and so then you're involved in this weird little thing that just happened and you live right next to this guy yeah what can you do you're stuck so you start trying to hurt him and so how do you hurt i don't him? like where the story is at. So, i don't know but, well, so whispering you, things well, at night maybe you do yeah maybe that's exactly what that's you do probably you get up in this vent and you scream all night long so that he can't sleep. Ugh. Or you grab your coffee cup and you tap it on the wall for eight hours. Oh, my God. So he can't sleep. So you flood your cell so poop and all kinds of water goes in his cell uh-huh. so that his, so he can't live. You keep popping his power so he can't use his TV. He can't use his radio. Oh he can't do God. any of these things. Or maybe you strap your radio to the vent. And maybe oh Brian's a black long. guy. Maybe Brian's a black guy. And you recorded this tape of you saying... Uh, bad words racist, racist stuff, comments and, oh my and you just play it 24-7 I haven't thought about any of this but to me that doesn't sound like solitary confinement but, <laughs> well that's exactly what it's like down there oh where I was God. at it's, it's, it's emotional and mental warfare and so these people are living like this and I'm living down there I don't live like that yeah. I don't I don't interact in that and none of the Mexicans really do like it's just not something that was accepted in our culture so I'm down there reading, man. I'm down there doing push-ups. I'm down there doing sit-ups. But I initially, like I said, I got really, really depressed, man. It was the worst depression I've ever experienced. That's why I know depression's real because I, sure. I had it. Yeah. But that was the first time I was down there. So I got real fat, real messed up. You don't want to talk about us about being fat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two years, man. I got up to 170. You yeah. guys should have oh seen me. Oh, my God. I'm so huge. <laughs> hey, two years, though. I'm down there, man. So I, I'm down there from 2000 until 2002. Oh, my God. Oh, so, my God. So I turned 20 down there. I turned 21 down there, and then I get out. And I'm and, out. And I'm sorry. Another dumb question. I'm assuming if you're in solitary confinement, there's no communication without the outside world, like, family or anything no you can see him but 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 it'll be behind glass or on video okay like you can't interact with them and everywhere you go you're handcuffed so you go to the shower you're shackled you go to an inside yard which is like a big dog cage okay shackled uh you're just kennel yeah you're always you're always shackled everywhere you go and like i said once you do your disseg you're done with that but they keep you in a hole anyway because it's administrative segregation, which is legal if they feel like you're a threat to their facility. Wow. So they can keep you down there forever. And which you probably were a threat to the facility right. if you're... Right, exactly. You know, so You're the head of the... Of well, a, at that a, point, I wasn't. Okay, okay. I'm a kid. But I get out and uh, I'm out for like, I think, 18 months. But I get right back into getting in trouble, you know. Right. But 18 months later, I go back to the hole. And this time I'm down there for two and a half years. Whoa! But oh by the, my God, Jesus! But by that point, I'm like, I'm good at it. You know, I know exactly yeah. what to do, man. So I'm like, I'm gonna get smarter. I'm gonna get stronger. I'm gonna get more prepared. You're like Bane in the Dark Knight. That's exactly what I was like, man. 100. percent I was born down here. Bro, and, Shut and, these, up. and these weird rules, bro. Shut up. Like we made these real weird rules for ourselves, man. Yeah. Like, like we wouldn't listen to country music. We wouldn't listen to pop music. We he listens to country. No, music No, that's like now, when I way. moved to Norwich. I was the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Norwich is basically segregated. Uh, Sorry, it was small town. Kansas. No, I mean, I'm 
sorry, that's just her. That's just her cafeterias segregated. How is her motto? Guys. Segregation. <laughs> Welcome to Norwich. Segregation. segregation. <laughs> but yeah, so man, so for some people, like for me, I'm, I'm uh, I, I really think that that had a big part in shaping who I was. I had an. It has to have a huge part. Well, I had an opportunity to learn who I was and to investigate maybe some ideas or some culture. Yeah. That I wouldn't have had time to, or or the opportunity to, for fear of judgment. Sure. Did, that I had. did you realize at the time? I did. It was a good opportunity. Okay. I didn't. I was just you know just really following my instincts. Sure. And really, I met this dude Ramon Ortiz, man, uh, when I was in Lansing before I went to the hole the first time, and the reason it was because of him, man. Uh, he he saw me reading one day. And he goes, "You like to read?" And this was respected dude, tough dude, bad dude, like yeah, very dangerous individual. And he, I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh man, that's awesome, bro." Nice. He said, "Keep reading." I read too. And don't let none of these dudes tell you, make you feel bad or any of that. Stand up for yourself. You keep reading those books, man. Them. Like, you know, I don't cuss, but that's what he said. F yeah, them, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's like, F them, man, bro. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, keep reading. And I'm like, man, this is Ortiz telling me this. Yeah. Right. I'm going to read. I'm going to read yeah. for sure. And I felt that kind of similar thing to my dad. Yeah. Now I really want to read. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got a father figure. I got a father sense. figure. And, you know, unfortunately, he went to the whole same time I did, same week for Jeez. the same incidents. Like, we were, it was a big thing going on at the time. And uh, he got out of the whole, I mean, out of prison from there. So Whoa, he was wow. he went straight the from the he went straight from the hole to out to the, to the streets. And no adjustment period. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, man. Like, could uh, you imagine? I think I think it was like nine months later, man. I'm watching the news, and they're like, "Oh, uh, Wichita man was stabbed to death at a nightclub, uh, uh, tequila." Uh, and they was like, "A yeah, 26 year old man." And you know what's weird? They didn't say his name. But something in my heart thought, man, I wonder if that's my friend, man. Yeah. And sure enough, man, his sister said, yeah, man, uh, Ramon was murdered Uh, at that that club. That was him. Damn. Uh, Man, and and, you know, it's crazy because like one of my dreams, man, like, and uh, and I'm going to make this happen, you know, as soon as I get, uh, you know, an opportunity and buckle down these children and things (laughs) is I want to drive to Wichita and find his family. Oh, yeah? And let them know. That hey man, your son had an impact on an me, influence. a positive impact on me. Yeah, and uh, this is my family. Well, that's my hometown. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, you can help me, man. Yeah, because man. this is this is a dude. Wichita's a small town. This is what happened, dude. You know, this is what happened. You know, and uh, he ended up getting murdered, but I carried that, and it ended up, you know, giving me those uh, those inclinations to, to do that. You have small little people that through the years added impacted you in positive and that, negative pushed you mm-hmm. toward what you know you, you've you've become but right. we've we've tiptoed around a little bit man now now we know what got you in there right we know what you were like when you were in there right at, at the beginning you, right. you had a little bit of the like hey man the, the christ words mean a lot to me right maybe that's the way to go you went the opposite direction for a bit but what Pushed you over the edge. What was it? What was a pivotal moment where you said, "I I, I need to change"? Well, yeah. it's, it's uh, it was that time in 2009 when I went to the hole for the last time. Okay, I would wind up being down. Would there. this be three times? This is my third time. Third time. I the would charm. end up being down there for three and a half years that time. Oh my! So God. how many? How, so three and a half, two and a half. Yeah. Daniel. Oh my God! So you're looking at six. Eight. How many? Eight years. Oh. Eight years, man. Eight years in the long-term segregation, and that's like in my first. Not quite 15 years. Wow. Eight of it, I was down wow. there. But that time I went to the hole, man, for a big riot, man, something like 30-something people got locked up or sent to the infirmary, and I was one of them. And 
it's such a weird thing, you know, like to paint the picture for you. You know, I've, I've, I've told you what segregation is like. Okay. It, but there's two different kinds. Once you're once disciplinary, you don't have anything. One's admin, you have all your stuff. So gotcha. one of my friends was in admin, administrative segregation at the same time. And he told me, uh, hey, man, uh, I'm about to call home. You want me to call your sister and your mom? And I was like, yeah, man, he would call for me, check on him, pass messages, whatever. Okay, sorry. My, my mind went to the hypothetical situation that you said earlier where mm-hmm. – well, no, the, the, the neighbor might be trying to call which, your girl, which is, which is and, true. But this is one of my good, my okay, good, good friends, right? This is one of my good friends. Gotcha. Uh, who I love, man. He's he's free at this point, and I heard he's in the church, man. Like I, I ain't ran across him, but I pray that's true. Right on. But he uh, he called home for me, and he called he uh, yelled at me back through the little vent, and he was like, "Hey, man, I got something to tell you, but I don't want to put your business out here where everybody can hear." Wow. He's so I'm gonna send you a. A, a wheel, a kite, a kite, a little note. We've done that in prison where the week. Yeah. So he sends me this, this kite and I open it up, man. The first thing it says is, Hey man, I talked to your little sister and your mom's been diagnosed with cancer and you need to call home as soon as you can. And you know, at that wow. point, I, you know who I was. I've talked about yeah. who I was at that point. And man, it brought me to my knees. Like not cause I was trying to pray. It just, it was that big of a blow. Mm. It's, it's literally that physiological reaction of just, I just fell uh, to my like knees you lost your and strength. I remember talking to God man wow I hadn't talked to him in forever right and I remember talking to him and just simple man help my mom yeah help my mom yeah cause I think the last thing I probably said about my mom was that she was out, she was drinking my dad had left her you know home right. life was crazy when I got arrested man uh, my mom she believed in Jesus too but she had never really had that impetus of really following him right but she did man she quit drinking cold turkey that she, was her come to jesus moment she was she yeah she quit drinking yeah. cold turkey man she got a job uh she started paying her own bills she started saving money she became like this solid rock of my family wow. like, taking care of everybody yeah and came to see me every chance she got wrote me at least one letter every week never took a break whether wow. i was in the hole or whatever if i could get a visit she would drive three hours four hours five hours whatever wow. it was come see me and so she was like the only person who had stayed there for me you know wow and i loved her so much man like respected her so much man. god and the way that you found out about it though yeah I mean, just, yeah I mean, secondhand oh. information like that like that yeah and so through a vent through a vent i mean not even through a vent but i mean like kind of kind of like like the, what, what started it was so like crazy. through a vent so and then crazy, you got the kite oh and so i uh find out that man i call home and i remember telling uh myself you know be positive your mom's gonna be worried about you yeah and she's like me don't worry you know i'm gonna be fine i feel fine the doctors are saying this but i feel good don't worry yeah and i'm like good mom okay and a five minute phone call man that's all they would give me uh. so we barely talk and we hang up and it's just this crazy thing man that starts happening in my mind that the world doesn't look exactly the same as it did before mm. I found out that my mom had cancer. You know what I mean? It's like you put like glasses on or something or maybe took them off. Took or, them off. Okay. And so, you know, uh, to make a long story short, I end up going to long-term segregation Okay. from Hutch. I'm in Hutch at this point. Okay. And the good thing about long-term segregation is once you serve your disseg, you got access to a telephone. It's in your room because you ain't need leaving it. Ah. Uh. So I was able to talk to my mom every day. Oh. I would call her every day. Wow. And I started thinking, how do I make my mom feel better? And so I decided, I'm going to read her this daily bread. Huh. She loves God. Yeah. I'll read it to her, make her happy. Yeah. I start reading it to her every day, man. Reading a little scripture. 
And I remember my mom saying, I can't believe my son's reading this to me, man. I can't believe my son's actually talking about God to me. Right. She was so happy. And that made me feel like like a whole different sense of self-worth, man, a value that I could actually do something good to make sure. my mom feel happy. Yeah, man. I had took her for granted. She loves me because she's my mom, not because I'm a good person, Aww. not because I'm worth anything, Yeah, but because I'm her son. Yeah, sure. And now I felt like, man, I'm doing... Man, you're hitting Brian and I in the feels right now. I'm yeah, doing something good. You know, I'm doing something good. And so I read her this thing every day for months, months and months and months. And I wow. started realizing, man, I'm feeling different. Yeah, for her benefit at first, but now it's sinking into you. I'm feeling different, man. I'm yeah. feeling like something else. And me and my mom get so close, man. Think about it. I mean, I don't know how often you guys talk to your moms. Oh, uh, not dads. enough, man. Enough. Gosh. God but damn it. Do you, but do you talk <laughs> to Stop it, dang it. <laughs> But but I talk to her Take every every her. day, yeah, for an hour, sometimes two hours. Wow! We start watching America's Funniest Home Videos together. We start doing all these different things right. together, man. I start just falling in love with my mom all over again. Oh, and unfortunately though, like the closer me and her got, the more sick my mom got. Oh man! And it went from you know me calling her and us having these great conversations to me calling her, she's tired. You know, she's in chemotherapy. Yeah, right. Poison. She'd want to go to sleep. And so Is I just keeping some of that from you too. Maybe she was doing uh, her best, man. But yeah, I mean, but you could tell. So I would just read to her oh. and I would read her like, not just that daily bread, but anything. And I'd read to her. And so, you know, then the time came where I'd call her and she couldn't really talk at all, you know? Oh. And that was so hard. I remember the time I called and my mom couldn't talk at all. And it was like the, one of the hardest days of my life. Yeah. Because I had been having these beautiful conversations with my mom. Rebuilding a relationship. And we would always start the conversation the same way. I'd say, hey, beautiful lady, what are you doing? <laughs> and she'd say, oh, I'm just hanging out. What are you doing, my handsome son? To never hear my mom's voice again. Oh, man. And it was a, it was so hard to ever think, am I ever going to hear my mom's voice again? Yeah. And I didn't. Uh. But before that, I had found all these questions, man. How to get to know somebody, and I asked them all to her, man. Like hundreds yeah, of questions. this was in the video too, man. Yeah, and I, I asked her I that remember... question, man. What are your hopes and dreams? Yeah, and she told me the only thing that I want is for my one son, my only son, to come home one day. Mm-hmm. And it hit me so hard, man, because I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't deserve that. I knew I didn't deserve it. That's another thing you said in the video that hit me hard. When you said, I feel like she wasted her dream, her dream on, me. on you. My God, that one man. got me too. I felt like she did, man, because she had these daughters who were raising families. She had grandkids. She had her yeah. own sickness. Yeah. The only thing, she didn't want to get better. What I want is for my only son to come home. If she had one wish, she could have said, I wish I was better. She could have. She didn't. Yeah. And so it hit me so hard, man, that I, I started thinking and thinking. I couldn't shake it. I just thinking, thinking like, man, look what you're doing, bro. You're a drug addict. You're a gangster. They can't even let you in population. You can't even be around other prisoners. Man, you ain't never done one good thing in your life. Like, mm-hmm. This is the only son your mom's ever going to have, man, and it's you. Mm. <sighs> it's you. Uh, yeah. The only one she's ever going to have, and it's you. Yeah. And now she's about to die. Jesus. <sighs> no disrespect. I don't mean. I know what you mean. Sorry. And so that day, man, when I called her, like, in. She was trying to say something. She couldn't say nothing. Mm. And I told her, I love you, Mom. I know you love me, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to give you that. I'm going to try to come home. Yeah. And I had never even thought about it. 
Didn't there, have any there's idea, no prospect of coming home. Didn't have any idea of how I was going to do it. Yeah. I'm still in the hole. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, like I'd say two two weeks after that happened, man, my mom passed away. Thanksgiving morning, t- oh, 2010. Gosh. You know, I call the house and my little sister answers and she says, uh, she said, uh, mom, mom went to heaven today. Uh. Man, it hit me so hard. I was like, gosh. But, you know, it's like uh, since then I've read a million books. You know, yeah. I've listened to a million podcasts since I've been out. Right. Did you listen to this one? I have. For now on. I was going to say, man. It's okay, man. I, am, I love you. I love but, you, man. But, Thank you. Jeez. I love you too, man. And the thing is, though, is that what I've learned and what I really believe to be true is that if your why is strong enough, you can do anything. If your why is strong, if your why that's like strong, that, that's, why are you doing? It? Yes, yes, you can do anything. Yes, what and is you your can, reason? And you can survive anything. Yeah. yeah, and my why was strong. Yeah, that's right. And I said, you know what? I don't care, man. They're gonna have to kill me. <laughs> yep. I don't yep. care what they th- say. Yep. I don't care what the prison wants me to do. Yep. They're gonna have to kill me. And I had spent years developing discipline, <sighs> years developing these these this courage and these leadership skills. Yeah. And so I walk, I told him, man, like the first time I got out of the hole, it was a weird thing. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. I went through some bumps, man. I almost didn't make it. So see, this, really? this is one thing I'm talking about. Like, that's cool that you made this decision, but you said you're with us. Right. I don't know if that's right. an issue. 100%. I mean. 100%. Some dudes didn't respect that. They didn't want that. Yeah. And some dudes said, hey, we respect you, man. You've given enough. Do what you got to do. Try to go home. Right. And some dude said, man, I love you, bro. How are we going to spend time together if you ain't doing what I'm doing? Right. I'm losing my best friend. So I had all these different things happening. And then I had these other people who said, I don't care if you change your life, man. You've been trying to kill me for the last 15 years. Oh, man. man. So you got so enemies, guess what? too. I'm going to try to kill you if I get a chance. Jeez. And it almost happened, man. Like, I ended up getting, I've tried my hardest to stay away from it, but I got in a fight, bro. Some dude was, was uh, we got into it in the program trying to get out of the hole. Oh, and luckily, thank God, this lady who was the teacher was there when it happened and had heard what I had been saying in these groups. Right. And I had convinced her that I was genuine. Yeah. And this lady went to my hearing, man, and straight up told that dude, I, uh, he was acting in self-defense. I don't think he wanted nothing to do with that. These wow. are the kind of things that don't happen there, by the way. Never Somebody happened. who's going to stick their neck out for you I still and have really? their back. I still remember her name. Her name was Miss Brown. She was a unit team in Hutchins Correctional Facility. Oh, wow. And and she stood up for me, and, and the dude said, so do you think he should get in trouble? And she said, no. Wow. And he said, all right, I'm dismissing your, your write-up. does not happen. He wow. said, I'm dismissing your write-up and uh, uncuff him. Wow. I went right back to phase three. Uh, two weeks later, I got transferred to Lansing. Uh, a month and a half after that, I got transferred to Ellsworth, and I was in general population. Wow. I, I can see why you think that, that, that God is guiding with my this second, whole thing, with right? With my second chance, man. Right. And yeah. I get to Ellsworth, and my first day there, I look in the day room out my window, and I see two, three of my enemies from a whole different set. Oh. And so I don't even unpack my boxes, man. Mm, no I go, point. I go out there and I walk straight up to him and I say, hey, look, man, what's up? I just got here. I know that we, we've had a lot of beef in the past. This is what I'm, I'm trying. I done changed my life, bro. I ain't banging no more. Uh, I still love my homeboys. I still respect my homeboys. I ain't trying to get in the way of none of that. Right. But this is what I'm doing. And he's like, oh, no, ain't no beef here. Everything's cool, man. Like, Cool. Your homeboys was are, it for real though, or like can you trust no, he, him? He, or like, well, you don't never trust nobody, right? Yeah. But I'm gonna. What can I do? 
Hey. I can attack him and go back to where I was, or I can take my chances and try to make my mom's dream come true. Right. My why was strong enough right. to overcome that fear and that paranoia. Gotcha. If it wouldn't have been, I probably would have made a different decision. Yeah. yeah. But I did, and he's like, there's your homeboys over there. I didn't know none of these dudes. I went yeah. and sat down at the table and said, hey, look, bro. I'm from the same place you're from, but I ain't doing that. I'm trying to get out of jail. Here's my resume for uh-huh. all intents and purposes. This is what right. I've been through. This is what I've done. So it's called your rap sheet and everything when you're there. I dropped your- my paperwork on them. Right. And they read, they read it, and they took it to whoever they needed to take it to, and they said, cool, man, do you. Wow. I ended up becoming a leader there anyway. Really? These dudes came to me anyway. These dudes trusted me more than they trusted everybody else anyway because I was legit. They saw that I wasn't trying to not do any work for them right but i didn't believe in doing bad no like i wasn't doing it right and which makes you even more uh reputable because you have nothing to gain from it they're just coming to you for sound advice yeah so that's how i ended up you're not taking advantage of them at that point not man that's how i ended up crossing into all these different worlds was because i still kept the respect of most of my homeboys some of them didn't like it yeah and luckily I ended up in Ellsworth where I didn't know anybody, and that was by design. I told him, I want to go to a prison I ain't never been before, and I don't know nobody. Send me to Norton. <laughs> which Norton is, be great. It's oh, yeah. a farm. You know why? <laughs> you know why I wanted to go there? Because none of my homeboys ever wanted to go to Norton. Like, oh, nobody yeah? makes a yeah. request to go to Norton. No, right. it's out there on, like, the Nebraska border. Yeah, Nebraska like that. and Colorado. Like the, that, the Briar Patch. You're nobody like, oh, wants don't to send go me there, out bro. to Norton. They, they don't have you any do. family out that way. There's so right. many visits. Right, that's, that's, like, north of here, though, right? You get in trouble yeah, for north, everything north there. North a little bit west It's way west. It's all the way by Colorado and Nebraska. Oh, I was thinking of Horton. No, 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 way west. Way out there, okay. So, they wouldn't take me. No, we don't want this dude. No? Heck no, can't take him. Hutch East said, we don't want him either. He'd been in too much trouble in Hutch. Luckily, Ellsworth said Hutch East is minimum, right? Medium. Oh, medium, okay. Yeah, I was in medium custody. And so, uh, but Ellsworth said they'd take me. Hmm. And I get there, and I like I said, I, but before I even get my clothes, man, the captain pulls me into the office with the head of I and I. Ramos. I and I. Intelligence and investigation. That's basically Whoa. like the police. FBI. So, 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 yeah, so with- there's guards. And then there's the police. The detectives. The wow. detectives, if you will. So, like, within the prison, they've got detectives right. yes. for they all try. the stuff that's going that's on right. within prison. That's uh-huh. going on. So, they wow. tell me, man, we know who we are. We know where you're coming from. We also know that this is what you told somebody. Mm-hmm. And, man, if you give us two months and we don't hear your name, we won't keep you from doing any job. We won't keep you from doing any project. We'll give you a chance. Because we believe in second chances at Ellsworth. And praise God, they do, bro. Like, oh, they right do. On. Or at least they did when yeah, I was that's there. Un- right. that's, gr- that's unbelievable. At least they did when I was there. They'll give yeah. you a chance, man. It's fertile ground to try to change when I was there. At the same time, man, if they got somebody who was uh, as as high up as mm-hmm. I'm understanding you were, mm-hmm. that is saying, I, I want to go on the straight and narrow. Right. I would say, let's give this guy a path. Yes. You know, that might have been right. what they were job thinking. Easier. Like, like, yeah, man. might have been what they were thinking. And they did. Huge influence, right? right? Like, man, if we can get this guy who's a huge influence to be cool, imagine how many other people will be cool because and, of that. And you know what's crazy? I never thought about that until you just said it. No, oh, yeah? And if that was their plan, that's exactly what happened. Smart. That's yeah. exactly what happened, man. Yeah. And, Don't and, tell Jeremy he had a good idea. You had a great <laughs> idea, bro. And that's and that's exactly what happened. But you're probably thinking as a leader. You're thinking about him as a, as yeah, a manager. Yeah. You're thinking as somebody who's yeah. in, in charge of uh, helping other people do right. whatever it is you want them to do. Right. And so that's that's a great leadership thought, you mm-hmm. know, to have on that end. And they had it, maybe. maybe. I don't know why they did it, but they did Whatever it. the reason. It worked out like that, man. Yeah. I ended up getting involved in all these programs. I ended up establishing programs. I ended wow. up becoming like a real force over there as far as uh, speaking against prison culture. 
Wow. Yeah, I remember one of my groups, man, my, my homeboys and all was in there, and, and we're talking about something, and I tell them, what are you going to do if somebody steals your car, bro? <laughs> what you mean, man? Try to get my car back. Or whatever. I said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, what? I said, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> and file a police report. Which is it like, shut the whole what? room down, bro. What? You're going to call the cops? <laughs> it shut the whole room down, bro. They like yeah. Literally, nobody knew what to say after that. Yeah. And I told him, bro, if you're not willing to speak radically like that, if you're not willing to say that's what you're going to do, then you're just setting yourself up to come back to this place. Right. You have to. Damn. I ain't saying to tell on nobody in here. I ain't saying to work with the police in here. I'm saying when you get out of here. Yeah. This is at what you need to have this shift in mentality. Right. And that's the type of stuff that I was I was saying and, and because it's important. Yeah. That you tell these dudes the truth. You have yeah. to change the way you think, man. You have to change the way you see the world and how you see yourself in the world. Yeah. And so anyway, man, I ended up going to Ellsworth. A month after I get there, I see the parole board. I kind of tell them my story. I kind of tell them similar to what I've told you guys, what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Then my mom died in 2010. This is 2013. Okay. So I've been doing this for three years, like yeah. And so uh, the unit team's with me. I tell them the story, and they end up passing me for two years. Come see us again. Which means rejected. Yeah, come rejected, s- but they're gonna review it again in right? two years. Okay, you gotta wait two more years before you even get a chance, which is right. giving you enough rope to hang yourself. What can happen? In right. two years. You have two years to prove yourself or prove us right. 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 And so my unit team was all heartbroken. Man, she was like, "Oh, I thought that you were gonna." You know. My story had touched her. Right. And I told her, look, man, I'm looking at that as a blessing, man. I thought they were going to pass me for at least five. Yeah. Yeah. And I told her, all I'm going to do is make this the most productive two years that this place has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And in those two years, I earned like 30-something certificates of various programs and classes. I mean, I got in college. I ended up, uh, at that point, it was like 22 college credits. I became a GD tutor, helping people get their GDs. Yeah. He and- actually started the Ellsworth Mime Group, which did miming <laughs> stuff. He also Not did you. an amazing ventriloquist. <laughs> <Not you. laughs> I've been a mime. He, he actually Not was. You. He started a barbershop quartet. No. Which honey, did, honey, 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 honey. I didn't did do the mime stuff because like my confidence hadn't reached that level yet. Right. Like, I wasn't that brave yet. Oh, man. Wait till you get to my level. Was, you do yeah, mime you guys shit. are on a different <laughs> level, bro. Uh, man, we tried to do a whole podcast of miming, but it didn't, 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 didn't translate. It doesn't translate. Yeah, no, a so mime is a terrible thing to waste, <laughs> by the crazy. way. Oh. <laughs> so so, so in 2015, okay. uh, I made parole. Wow. Yeah, I made parole. It's and, a huge day. Now you have a finish line. Right Now I have a finish line, man. I remember that day, man. I made parole. Yeah, but I was still so disciplined, bro. I remember I, my homeboys were like, let's celebrate. And I was like, we're going to go get our workout in first. Yeah. And I remember. Let's go get a pump. Bro, I'm doing upside down push-ups. What's that? Hey. <laughs> this is wait, a wait, true. Wait. wait. <laughs> remember, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. Uh, what the hell's an upside down push-up? Bro, it's when you're upside down. Like you're against the wall, your feet are in the air, and you're doing Push-ups. Those gotcha. Okay, okay. Handstand push-ups. Gotcha. Whatever you want to gotcha, call gotcha. it. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh my, that sounds terrible. I was like upside upside down push-up. Isn't that a pull-up? Right. It, no, <laughs> I mean, no. The opposite oh. of a push is a pull. I'm imagining doing a back bend like a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was doing those, bro, with tears coming down my eyes, man. I bet. And I remember thinking kind of how ridiculous it was after that. I was like, man. What was ridiculous about that though? Well, because I was trying to pretend like this was just another day. Oh, acting like it's no big deal? Well, I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't want to get off my... I always tell people I was scared to do burpees because I thought my whole... I was, I was scared to stop doing burpees because I thought my whole Ooh, life would fall burpees apart. Burpees are a thing, yeah. too. Yes. So I did them, man. And I, I, we went to work out, and it was it was a beautiful day, man. And that whole week, man, the entire pen, penitentiary celebrated. Really? It was a crazy thing, man. I go to the chow hall, man, and 
people would just be coming up to me, man, and congratulating me and telling wow. me how happy they were for me. I had my homeboys, man, street dudes, crying wow. and crying in the chow hall, man. You go get out. Like it was That's crazy. It was a beautiful, a beautiful thing to it's see. A celebration. So many people happy for you, man. Yeah. To know that you had been, you know, at least a good enough friend that people were happy for you. Yeah, man. Yes. That's awesome, dude. Now I have to ask. All right. When did you meet Brian? I met Brian in <laughs> two thousand and fifteen when okay. I got transferred to Lansing Minimum. When I made my so he, I made parole, got minimum. He'd been pretty fresh at that point. Yeah. Uh, no, I've been, been there a year uh, or so. Yeah, right? I've been there for a year and I pushed up on him and said, Hey, welcome he did, to Lansing. Bro. Who is you? Yeah, who is Where you? Where you from? Who How you much with? time you got? Yeah. Let me see your paperwork. Are you new? Are you new? Because it was my job <laughs> of course as you. a part of the white supremacist group. <laughs> to, oh, it was when you were bald. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 no, no. I just Brian went, and I had never met nobody like Brian. Nobody has, dude. dude. I had been in prison seventeen plus, <laughs> seventeen plus years. Man. Yeah, yeah. I meet Brian Dwyer, and I'm thinking, he's like, I'm, I'm a home run champion in the I'm softball like, league, I'm like, is this bro. Dude, is this, you know who you're dealing with? Why is this dude in prison? Who is this dude? How did he get to prison, man? <laughs> he made a he made How a left turn Albuquerque. And then I, and then I, I'm like, later on, like, quick little story. I, I get accused of something. I get rolled to the max. Okay. So I get to the max. And I'm sitting here, first thing, people coming up, man, and they're telling me all the stuff that's happening. One of my homeboys gives me a knife because these dudes Whoa. are there. Dudes, my homeboys there don't like what I've been doing. Right. And then uh, my other homeboy's got a sack full of crystal methamphetamines, and he's telling the dude, give my homeboy that bottom bunk. I'll give you some of these this crystal or else I'll give you something else. And wow. I'm telling him, whoa, 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 bro. I don't care where I'm sleeping. Like, anyway, that whole change. And I'm sitting here thinking, and one of the things that hit me <laughs> was – I was just hanging out with Brian. <laughs> we were talking about Les Miserables. <laughs> we were going out to the, sing in the choir. <laughs> and what is my life? And that now, how did I get here? And now I'm here, <laughs> and there ain't no Brian Dwyer's. <laughs> there's no, there's no Brian Dwyer's in the back. <laughs> and if there is, he'll never let you know that he's Brian Dwyer. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought that's how fast my life can change. Yeah, like, that's how quick. I can be right back where I was. And I felt like that was God telling me. And I know it was because I heard, I've i only been a couple times in my life where I heard clear, clear, clear where I knew God was speaking to me. And that was one, one of them. One of them involved this guy? One of them involved this guy. <laughs> wow. God uses I told me you quite God, a bit. God, God works in mysterious <laughs> ways. I'm telling you, bro, because he was, hey, because I had started to get cocky, bro. Um. I was in the weight pit. And like, not to toot my own horn or nothing, but like, man, I was in the weight pit. And then, and then on the yard, man, like winning fitness competitions and doing yeah. all these things and i started uh -huh. to get full of myself oh yeah and i remember checking dudes off weights watch out bro oh no you know and not in a night like i'm over here bro right because i'm listening to freaking tupac and i'm mm -hmm. listening to ugk still like i had changed but i hadn't changed all that yet right and then i'm back there and i remember him saying man i brought you out of all this uh God, not me. I was going to say. <laughs> you could be right back here if I take my hand off of you because right. you ain't got control of nothing. Right. You think you're in control, but you're not. You think you're the big guy. And you're not. Yeah. And, I, and I really felt that because I hadn't done nothing. And I was right back there. Right. Well, I heard the message and I felt like I would. Two, two days later, I and I says, man, this is, there's nothing to this. Pack your stuff up. Mm. And in two days. You were out? Right back with Brian Dwyer. So, so a blessing. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, you pretty much know Dwyer from prison. In prison. Awesome dude. Funniest dude. Right. 
prettiest dude, <laughs> most yeah. charming dude. For real, that's what they used to call me is Pretty Dwyer. Great, great singer, the only one who had real choir experience in our whole yeah, entire yeah. choir. Oh my God, what a bad choir. Yeah, oh, it was terrible, bro. It was terrible. But nobody was going to tell us we were terrible. Uh, sure, no, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys are great. Hey, yeah, that was amazing. Good. You guys Hide almost. Hide your wallets, Betty. <laughs> Betty, put your purse away. I don't like the way that guy's looking uh, at Cynthia. That's funny, man. But like... So, so Brian's told me a, a few ex- experiences in prison. Right. He, he likes to focus on the fact that, like, he was on the championship softball team. Yeah, he yes, was. Yes. Right. Uh, he was a pitcher. He was yes. a pitcher? Uh-huh. Okay. Vital, right. vital position in softball. Yes. Okay. Line, it's absolutely. Really line is. drives right back at you. Absolutely is. Now, like, I've always, like, I haven't spoken with anybody in detail. His buddy Dallas, I speak with him every once okay. in a while. But it's kind of in passing. Haven't, like, sat down and talked to him. Right. Like, what was he like in prison? Like, was he a calming force? I have to imagine he might have been pretty calming. I don't think I would say calming. No? no? I don't think it was a calming force. Well, I, I mean, think maybe welcoming? What I think he was, was very, well, very definitely welcoming and yeah. just so funny. You know how Brian is. He's funny. Yeah, he's like my, always on, right? Yeah. And Pisses what, me off. But what that, but what, <laughs> but what he, so what he was though, but what he was though was like, he, he brought a lot of levity to uh, an environment that needs that. Yeah. And then that's like the initial thing. When you first meet him, you realize how funny he is. You know, I right. mean, you realize he's always on. <laughs> right. But I got to know Brian like for real. Like me and Brian became really good friends. Ah. Man. And to me, he became somebody that I could trust, that I could talk to and spend good time with and, yeah. and, and share like things that a lot of my other friends didn't like. Like they didn't like dirty dancing. They didn't like grits. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't like musicals. They didn't, they didn't do these things. And me and Brian would watch them and talk about them and, and spend time together. And he just became a really good friend, man. Somebody who I love genuinely. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about him and his situation, you know, with his daughter and like all these different things that, right. like, that he was dealing with. And he became like somebody who I was just sharing life with in there. And you and you know you need people like that. I get you know? it. He's a sponge like that. He really was, and and yeah. he was a, he was a great person to have around me, man. I, I like I said, there's only one Brian Dwyer in there, and now there's no <laughs> Brian Dwyer in there. So pity them dudes, man. I feel bad. For them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for them. I did all I could. Luckily, he still works. <laughs> yes. In a prison. I, honestly, uh, dude, place. I think it's I think it's pretty cool what uh, what Brian's done since he got out. Me you know, too. and I think it's it's really cool what you've done. Thank I you. mean, the, the the progress you've made oh, from man. from the moment you said. I'm done. Yeah. I'm getting out. And and to, to realize that living in the moment right. is it's what's so going to get you out. That's what's going to get you out. Right. Because like, it's like, a day-by-day struggle, man. Right. It, it's, just what, it, it's almost like whatever your situation is, mm-hmm. the day-by-day is what's going to get you out. It's the process. Right. So whether it's sobriety, it's one step, it, it's it's day-by-day. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. How long have you been sober since yesterday? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So it, it's, it's just one more day at a time, one more mm-hmm. step forward every time. And the only way you can get through anything is get by living, it. living yeah. through it. That's right. It. You can't focus too much on the future. You can't focus too much on the past. Right. You gotta live. And what I realized is the future and the past are really for conversations like this. Yeah. Right. So that people can learn from your That's experience, right. so that you can. That's why I love these conversations. So you can make a connection with somebody yeah. Yeah. that you wouldn't normally make unless you spoke about all the things you've been through, yeah. and so that you can let people know that everybody's been through things and everybody's got stories. But like you said, the future and the past isn't for living. You know, right. I make plans like anybody else. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm trying to. You got to set goals. You got to set goals. Right. right. But, but, but but living in the moment gets you to those goals. Gets you to those goals, yeah. and you have to know that you may never reach them. And that's okay. And that's okay if you're living life the right way. Yeah. But if you're living your whole life just chasing these goals, mm-hmm. then you're missing out on yeah. your life. That's right. And then you don't get them. And then it's like, 
the worst thing that you can possibly think. Yeah. You know? So that's why that's that's why I try to remember that. Like I got goals like everybody else, but I don't want to make decisions solely based on trying to accomplish these goals because what if I never reach them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if yeah. I? Well, you know, you never know when yeah. you when your ticket is getting punched. Right? Never do. You never do. So you have to make the most of this life because it's a beautiful blessing, dude. Yeah. It's. Some days I get so busy like everybody else, I don't think about it. Sure. That's Some right. days me and my girl are driving down the highway and our little babies are in the back seat. And I think, I look at her and I say, man, we're free. Because mm, my, yes. girl, my girl did 19 years, too. Did she? Yes. Wow, dude. That's a, that's a whole other podcast, It huh? is, man. And she's the biggest blessing I've ever got, man. And the biggest growth. Wow. Man, because I love her so much that I do things for her and, and search places in myself for her that I have never done for anybody else, you know? Wow. And, uh. I love her so much, dude. I, I, I did you guys even know we're at two hours right now? Man, I <laughs> did. Wow, we usually only do an hour. I know. Jeez, I know. Like, this has been great. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, man. I, I got to ask, uh, like, how did you meet your wife? So or your girl, Are you married? Well, married? we're not married yet. Well, okay. I've been married since the day I met her. You know, in my yeah, in my mind, gotcha. in my heart. But I gotcha, me and my no, girl too. Yeah, but we haven't been getting gotten married yet. But we're hoping this fall, man. Yeah. We can get Brian up there to do Dude, something. he could do it. Who Who is the mailman? That's Brian Dwyer. So, oh, so let me tell you. Oh, let me tell you. Hey. Wait a second. I asked a question first. How did you meet your girl? That, okay, I'm about, to, to I'm, about to, I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay. So I meet my girl because out of all my girl's friends, my cousin is the only one that stuck with, through, with her through her 19 years. Okay. And so as I started changing, she started changing. Wow. She was in jail for the exact same thing as me. Exact. What? Exact same so, thing. So did you guys... We never knew each other. Okay. We lived five minutes from each other. Never knew each other. Never Whoa. ran across. She knew all my friends. I knew some of her friends. Whoa. And so my cousin is the only friend that stuck with her. And my cousin tells her, man, every time I talk to you, it's like talking to my cousin. You should write him. Wow. And she's like, nah, I'm changing my life, man. I ain't trying to write no dude in jail. I don't want nothing I, to do with that got dude. got a point. I get she that. She tells me. I'm like, cool. I'm down to meet anybody new. I don't care. Like, I, I want to write her. Right. So I'd write her and she wouldn't write me back. She played me, dude, for years. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh! So one time, like her already. One time, one time, my cousin says, you, "I know you've written her a few times, but you need to write her again." And so it's my girl story, but she's she got a moment where she is open to me. Okay. And so she's open. She tells me to write her. I write her, and man, she sends me this message, this card with three pictures of her, and says, "Look, man, the world's jaded. We can start something fresh." But I'm not like into casual dating. I'm not into wasting my second chance. I've been saving myself this whole time for wow. somebody special. She hadn't wrote anybody, hadn't done any of those things. Whoa. And she's like, but I feel it. Wow. And I told her, man, I had been praying, man. I had went through some crazy stuff and I had been praying. And I told her, yes, I want to do this. Wow. And man, I ain't look back. I remember telling all my friends, dude, I got a girl. He I'm getting married. Me. He said, I, I would never ask you to do this yep. ever, but I'm going to marry this girl. Yep. And I need you to deliver this letter. Because he me. was free. So that's why you're the mailman. He was I'm the free. Because we ain't supposed to write. Oh, so wait. We weren't supposed to write. So was this when you were working at the same place? Right. He was free. So oh. I would tell him, hey, look, because I met her in 2000. Well, we started really getting serious in 2018. Okay. And I told Brian, hey, man, well, you'd put this in a mailbox, bro. I love this girl. I'm going to marry her. So without getting Brian in trouble, one way or the other, yeah. the mailman delivered. The mailman delivered. Gotcha. I tell you what, rain, sleet, or snow is what I do, <laughs> man. And so my girl always says, 
this dude is part of our life. Like he's coming wow. to the wedding. He's he is the. Remember when I told her you were the mailman? Yeah. And she gave you a hug. And was <laughs> yes. like, bro, we owe you so much because those letters Aww. were lifelines. They grew our relationship. They sent me these pictures Aww. when they, he proposed to her yep. and said, "We owe this all to you. We owe wow. this to you, man." <laughs> and it's true. Like he played Damn. such a huge part. And Wouldn't it, have been possible without you, mailman? Wow, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's real stuff, dude. Dude, your story was amazing. Thank you. I man. feel like we barely touched on it. Like we've been talking, yeah, we could do a whole season for a couple on Daniel, hours, but yeah. like, like, thank you, that man. Was, I appreciate you guys letting me come and talk. Yeah, man, it was it was interesting. I I, I respect the the uh, the path that you took. I mean, right. it was it was is what got you out, right? Right, it is right. And I love the fact that you've got this church that you built up. Right, um, you've got these, you know, sinners right. that you're sinners, working with, man. man. And like sinners me, man. is what. Jesus loves. That's what he loves, bro. That's what he lived for. That's what he lived for. Lived for. It's like that dude said, uh, one they came and they were they were to, to repent. And like I can't remember if it was a Pharisee or Sadducee, but he was one of them guys and he was like, Thank you, Lord, that mm-hmm. I'm not like the rest of these guys. Uh, that I tithe and that I re- that I say my prayers and mm-hmm. I and I read my scriptures. And then the tax collector couldn't even look up at heaven and he said, Have mercy on me, Lord, because mm-hmm. I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, you know, which one of those dudes you think is more genuine about what he's talking about right yeah. now? Yeah. It's the one that knows that he's broken and flawed mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and and a terrible person outside of God. Like mm-hmm. you, you I always say the only time you see God in real life is when you're loving somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, so true. So true. I, I you know, there's one Bible study I went to in prison and the minister said, you know, you're thinking that you're locked up, but maybe God is protecting you because he has something better for you in the future. Amen. And he has to wait until you're ready to receive Amen. that. And and if you wouldn't have gotten if you would not have gotten caught for your crime, you would be dead right now. 100%. And that I believe would be that. a shame. I believe that. And I feel like I'm a better person because I met you. Thank you. Man. And I know yeah. that there's so many other people out there as well. And the best way, you know, I know you regret what you did, but the best I way do. to honor that woman is to earn it every day. And you do. And you do. Thank I, you, I love you. And, uh, man, I, I just, I respect the hell of you. And I just, you know, I would not have you here in this room with this man if I didn't feel the highest regard for you. So I'm to thank you for coming here tonight. Hey, man, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Brian. I love you too, man. Dude, right. I feel better for meeting you and it's only been two and a half hours. Oh, no, I know. I got to spend every night with this guy. Yeah, I he, did, he, did, I could, he did. He did. You know, he was right across from me. I'd be eating honey buns and he'd be coming back from the yard <laughs> with abs and I'll just be like, what an idiot. No, <laughs> like, Doesn't he know that you're sitting here and eating honey buns? Hey, but, but you can't get out of workouts for him. Yeah, like, yeah. like, I work yeah. out, people say, you ready to work out? No, I don't feel it tonight. Uh, oh no! I'd be like, no, I would, but I'm eating. Daniel, be like, oh, cool. I'll just wait till you're done. <laughs> oh, I don't want that kind of commitment. That's right. That's what I would say. I'll wait for you. Well, you need I'll some water. I'll, I'll go get it. I'll, I'll go. Yard no. opens later. We can do it later. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Please share this episode. Yes, yeah, man. This thank is you guys, people man. need to hear. And, and by the way, it. like I, I had teased something we were going to talk about last time. We've got yeah. voicemails. Just we're going right. to keep that for next week. Yeah. At first, I thought we're going to split this up and have this be two like like a to be continued episode, right, but right. this is. They got to hear this all in one. I agree. Mm-hmm. I this agree. got to be all in one. I agree. So, thanks so much, man. Stick Appreciate around. We're going to do a little outro here. <laughs> all right. All right. Where they at? Where they at? Don't forget to visit trytopodcast.com or look for the boys on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Try to Podcast. And for God's sake, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's literally the least you can do, and it goes a long way to help the show. 
All right, we got a little bit. One last thing we got to do. You still have the hook? One last thing. What, what do you mean? You still have the... I the, do. We got to let this fade out. All right. I like how Jeremy's ready. All right, Jeremy. We've hit got, it. We've got one more thing we got to go through. This is an old school thing that, uh, that we used to do on season one. Prison word of the week. Week, 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 week. <laughs> Ooh, those gates oh slammed. Did that hit home? <laughs> that's legit. That's legit. All right. So, so, so uh, uh, explain to Daniel what we got here. So, so I told Daniel earlier, prepare a prison word of the week. This is a prison slang word that we give our listeners a chance to guess. So right. this time they don't get a chance. It's just me. It's just me, right. the, dun, the done listener. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, so what is your, what is your word? Rolled. Rolled. Oh my God. That sounds bad. R-O-L-L-E-D. Rolled. Rolled. I mean, I got to imagine like when you roll up on somebody. Like you're gonna beat their ass? Oh, so that's a good guess. Good you're guess, rolling up, man, rolling up on them. You're yeah, gonna yeah, roll them up. Oh, yeah. man, you got rolled, man. I see him the other day. Yeah, like yes. And you are wrong, 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 wrong. Why wouldn't it be that? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's too obvious. It's okay. Too obvious. So what is it? Okay, so do you want to give him? Do you want to use rolled in a sentence? Oh yeah, yeah. Use it in a sentence so I can I can give a guess here. Okay, so, uh, Brian got caught with that sack of deuce, man. Uh, they rolled him. He's gone. He's in max custody now. Oh, so you got caught. And you got caught and sent off to somewhere. A, yeah, so exactly. yes, yeah, so now I'm in I'm in the jail jail. Right. So, okay. so it got rolled. So so I was in minimum custody. Now I got in trouble and I got rolled to the max. They packed mm-hmm. up my roll, rolled your everything up. Everything rolled up and you rolled got up sent off. You got rolled. Wow. So so okay. So we, we, we talk about prison prison words mm-hmm. of the week every once in a while. Do you catch yourself using these words outside of prison every once oh, in a while? Oh, I use them all the time, Sometimes. man. Like, uh, I just saw Jeannie when I went to uh-huh. to uh, visit, and I told Jean- Jeannie we had uh, changed into her workout gear. And I said, oh, Jeannie, you're about to get some money. She goes, <laughs> and she goes, get some money? What do you mean? I said, you're about to work out. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go to the gym after work. Uh, yeah, but yeah. in the joint, that's yeah. what you say. Yeah, get, 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 get yeah, money. Getting money is working out. It's working out. Get money is working out. Yeah, no, working out. Okay, Brian, yes. you know how much I love etymology, like the, the, the origin of words. Right. Where does the, where's, what's the origin of going to get money? Well, I don't know the origin of it, but I know how, just, I, how I understand it. Yeah. So I always used to tell people, you know how they tell you to save some money, put it in your 401k? Yeah. When I work out. I'm investing in my future. Ah, I'm, I'm investing in money. the 401k of my body. I gotcha. Because I'm going like to have that. to draw on the interest later on in life. I like that. The money I'm depositing right now. Yeah, so that's, yeah. what I, that's how I saw it. Daniel, what's a me. bird? Oh, a bird is a pouch of cigarettes. What's a chirp? <laughs> a chirp is a telephone. What is a lop? <laughs> a lop is... I don't believe in him anymore, but it's it's the dude who's different than you are. <laughs> oh, look, he is just killing this segment. He is getting word of the week. Uh, wow, dude, well, what an episode. It was a yes, lot. Yes, that was great. Thank you so much, Daniel. All right, I'm, All right, I'm, I'm going to press week. stop. Woo. Woo.